This is a HeadGum Podcast. I've tried. I've tried to get into jazz. I have tried my uncles. Oh, wow. You're going to start like this? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I, I swear. Like, my uncles are like, yo, if you... Uh-huh. My mom is like a big yeah. R&B woman. Like, she's mm-hmm. like the Marvin Gaye. She's like, but if you listen to Marvin Gaye, you got to know where we came from. You got to right. do this. And I've tried. I swear to you. But I don't know what it is. It just does not affect my heart. Oh man, doesn't affect your heart. I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah, they talk. Yeah, I mean, they talk well, about well, it in this movie a little bit. Multiple sides of it. I mean, it's it's like hip hop, right? I mean, I, for years, like I was like, I can't, I can't get past hip hop. Like it, it was really a struggle for me because right. I couldn't. I needed, I needed melody, and I needed more sort of musically going on, right? And the repetition of it, right? It was like, what's going on here? Right. And it took me forever to figure out that. Well, one, it was poetry, uh, and and two, that it's similar to like lots of African music. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the, 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 it's all in the rhythm, and right. And, and so, and, and lastly, and this is with jazz. There's so many different kinds of jazz, right? There's so many kinds of exactly. hip hop, right? I mean, so it's like, are you into gangster rap? Or are you into you know Miami? Mm-hmm. Or are you into, you know whatever? And I think with jazz, there's like Coltrane, Love Supreme, borderline atonal out there mm-hmm. and then there's you know Kenny G <laughs> right. and, then, yeah. and there's a whole space in between uh, right. so I bet I could play you something where you would be like oh man this is completely moving me honestly I would I would love that because I just started getting into like records I would love to just have just music like jazz into vinyl yeah just like vinyl like yeah. I would love to just get something because I would take whatever suggestion start with Miles Davis kind of blue to start with that. I mean, Miles Davis. Miles Davis right? kind of blue. One, because it's got so much space in it. Right. So you're not absorbing just a ton of notes. Because a lot, I think a lot of times with people, jazz is difficult because there's just a lot of notes yeah. going on. And there's a lot of counter melody going on. Uh, Miles Davis in general, but that album is just, it's all about the space. Like the space in between the notes. And it's just really. Wow. Um, it, Did you grow up with jazz? Did you? No, man. And I, you know, I play blues, mm-hmm. you know, primarily, which is, you know, sort of. The, the foundation of jazz. Right. Um, I I grew up like listening to singer songwriters and you know and rock music right. and you know I've always been really lyrically driven um, and so I was sort of a folky and you know I like things that told stories mm-hmm. um, and I was afraid about jazz too. For jazz mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out a bit. The thing that got me to jazz was Thelonious Monk. I heard Thelonious oh, Monk and asking, like yeah. these like piano. It was like just like heavy metal piano or something. Who would you suggest from from I'm, I'm Brilliant Corners? Try to start brilliant corners. This this is all education right now. I like it. Yeah, I mean, because I'm legit. Like, I'm actually as we're saying this, I'm putting them all into yeah. like a, a box. I'm like, this is also yeah, hit, hit me and tell me what you think. Seriously, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna like if you like, Miles Davis, what are you thinking of, man? Or 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 tell me like, I'm about, thank I'm you. About to, I'm about to order these right now. Shoot. Oh, I got oh. a gift card. <laughs> but like, <laughs> <laughs> but also I feel like while we're on the subject, we should uh, like, what do you think about La La Land though? Oh, you mean the movie where the white man tried to save? Uh, hey, 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 man. Yeah. Let him talk. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, I still haven't seen La La Land. Oh, you haven't even no, seen it? I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot, though. Like, even though I kind of was shady. You no, just, he I liked know, it. I, I like he it actually saw it, like, before we even talked about it, he... I remember I when defended he, it when Gerard first saw it. He was like, "It's really good. It's it's happy, man." Yeah, I'm afraid <laughs> I to like see it, it man. I saw scenes. I've seen I've seen scenes from it. Right. Um. Yeah. I saw Whiplash, and I think oh, what happened right, was Whiplash. I, I, Whiplash kind of like pissed me off a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You like Whiplash? Whiplash. Whiplash kind of pissed me off. What uh, was it? I it, just like this idea that 
that that guy was yeah the this, way that he mercenary, did things, right. like you gotta it was it was just there was like Put a melodrama to right. it that a melodrama trying to pass itself off as you know seriousness that right. kind of pissed me off a little bit. I have a lot of drummer friends. I mean, right. I know a lot of really great drummers, and that's just not where their heads are. They were like, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't need to. Uh, get hit by a car yeah. and then go to a performance to show that I really care about yeah, drumming. It, 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 it felt like melodrama passing yeah, itself yeah, off yeah. as something more serious. <laughs> oh, so. man, guys, just so you guys know, you're breaking my heart. Like, I, like, <laughs> I know, you love Legit, Lip-Lash. legit. Sorry. I love Whiplash in a way that is insane. Only only because I, I am very fascinated by like what people do to achieve what they view as greatness. Like, mm. sure. The teachers that you go to, because you would justify like the punishment. It's like, ah, this person will take me to the next level. But also the teachers who think that that's what it takes because that's what they heard someone else needed. So it's like, who is really the bad guy? Who is really at fault? Mm-hmm. You're breaking my heart, y'all. I, break, I love it. Flash. I'll so tell I you one thing it. in defense of it. it. I, I do like the idea. I like any film that um, that glorifies the work as opposed to glorifying oh, the, the result. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because I think you know, for a lot of folks getting into arts, it's always about you know the dream of being on the red carpet or the dream right. about you know, on the cover of the magazine or whatever it is. And I think that you got to love the work and, and you got to really just be, that, that's got to be enough at the end of the day. Right. And, and I, I, I think there was some of that going on in that film, which I, which I kind of dug. Yeah. Does that J- help? That, 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 no. <laughs> Does that no, no, better? No, no, I don't know I mean, if it helps him. <laughs> I was fi- I'm fine with you crapping oh, on Whiplash. No, no, he, I, he, I don't care. He hates both of them. I don't hate it. I, I, it was fine. I liked both of those movies. I like enjoyed them for what they were, but I also was like, you know, no, I get it. Like, I'm not. There's more stuff going on. I get it. It was fun. You know. Yeah. No. I, just, James like, is quiet out yeah. in L.A. <laughs> James, you packing you still, right you still now? Still there, James? Yeah. I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got abducted by a Armenian yeah. Glendale gang. I mean, no. I mean, like, I'm pretty close to it. <laughs> Which one? What? Whiplash or, or La La Land? I'm so, uh, so if I had to pick. If I had to pick, um, then it Whiplash. Okay, but do you like these films? Do I like? I mean, no. I mean, I my. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like La La Land is pretty gar- much garbage. Um, oh my goodness, it's it's happy. No, I mean, but it's like, but it's thin and like uh, bright and like. Uh, it's like, it's like if you were to like, if it's like if you had like a Crayola box and then like, but, but like only the pastel colors in the Crayola box, that's, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. No, that is a good, that's actually a pretty good description. And here's the thing for you, man. So you say you like La La Land, but yet it, it didn't bring you to jazz. It, yeah. It didn't it, bring it, you to well, jazz. This is my, this is my thing about it though, that I liked. I, even though I know that as African-Americans, like. We weren't really accepted in Hollywood back in the day, so we, they were, they were like we could never actually have a movie about a black person being in the golden age of Hollywood, like that that old Hollywood of just like, like just the happiness, like the Cinemascope, and to see that movie like that, it represented kind of that vibe of what I always thought old Hollywood was. Even though, again, John Legend spoke for two minutes, if that, and I get that we weren't accepted in that time, but it's just like something about the glamour of Hollywood. Right, Maybe you like, like that, that but that's facade. Got nothing to do with jazz. So yeah, that, I mean, no, so it, yeah, so it has, has the has movie's nothing about to do with jazz, jazz, but nothing to do with jazz for you. Well, to me, the thing about jazz is like jazz was Ryan 
Gosling's thing. Right. Whereas, you know, uh, Emma Stone was about Hollywood, but to me, what it was about, it's funny because both of these movies, like, what it was about to me was like, what would you do to chase your dreams? Like, what would you, what would you again, what would you sacrifice? Because at one point they come, you kind of think they're going to get back together, but then they both choose careers first. And like, then the end is like, what those careers did to them and what if they would have, if, what if Ryan would have sacrificed his dream, what it would have done to the couple? Yeah. And to me, it's like, as a person who is single, I've known certain things I've done to give up things. Yeah. So that's, to me, how like, that's how it's speaking to you. I mean, yeah. So to me, it's like, I understand that part, but not necessarily the jazz. Even like the Hollywood, yeah, it was cool to see that as a backdrop, but it was really just about like this couple, both were trying to get things done and, and that vibe. And then Whiplash was really just about... What would you do again? Right. What would you do yeah, to make it? Yeah, the work. I, um, well, I'll say I'm glad. I'm glad we have you on because there, there's something about I was I did not grow up listening to music in a an educated sort of way. I mean that by <laughs> just basically saying I just listened to the radio and I listened to the top forty and there were people who tried to get me into music and I was just like eh, I, I just I was more into TV and comedy and stuff yeah. and. Uh, my fiance name drop. Uh, <laughs> keep your house warm. But keep, she, your house warm. <laughs> keep your house warm, brother. But you got to say her name now. Yeah, yeah, Tessa. She is. Uh, she knows. She knows music very well, and she's a singer. And um, and like we'll see musicals, and she'll tell me, she'll like, did you notice like this musical? like thing that I can't even I'm so uneducated I'm saying thing they should be like this <laughs> you know these the this melody like these notes were happening because it was mirroring this action because there's a history and I'd be like wow <laughs> really yeah, like, yeah, like cool. I didn't like, I like it's complete so and I, so what we're about to do, this movie we're about to do there's so much music underneath it like I noticed that and I it, but I was like I don't know I was trying to figure out what was what was being told musically story wise yeah, as right. you know what i mean as opposed to just the script wise anyway so it's i'm i'm glad we're about to yeah but i think we, well yeah we'll talk about it okay. I, I, I actually musically the film got a lot of flack it did get flack uh, okay i was for being musically slight you know for, okay you're sort of being like jazz light you know oh, right um, really? i actually think that to me it's sort of like with la la land <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of like there's like a la la land argument in this movie i think yeah but uh i don't want to give away the lead but go ahead. no that's true well how many wait so who who do you got written down so far oh i have so i have right now let me go on my, we have miles let Davis. me go on my cart let me go on my cart <laughs> i got oh, you put them in their cart. oh yeah I'm, about, I'm legit about to get these um i got the lonious monk bright corners brilliant brilliant, brilliant. sorry brilliant, brilliant corners, corners. Yeah. and i have uh miles davis kind of blue, kind of blue. and is there can we get a uh, can we get mo better blues Wait, what did you? The, the soundtrack from Mo Better Blues? No, he just does this. He does this. No, I was just because oh, we got oh, we got Miles this. Davis. He's pulling some radio shit. Now. He, he got some radio host shit. Monk, I just wait. Like, we got two. I just thought if we I could get some Mo Better cart, Blues. I looked at my cart for this BS. I just I looked at my cart, dude. I just I was. Looking. I just want to get you some Mo Better Blues. I hate this, <laughs> Nick. Let's start the show. <laughs> Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Hollywood City. 
Honestly, not bad. Really? Not bad. I thought he was going to scat. Because no, I knew he was gonna do this. Well, James scats in real life, and I was like, "Oh, this is the perfect time to scat." I love that he's doing it underneath <laughs> our conversation. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was gonna give you that good scat. I thought he was gonna give you a moment, you know. James, would you like to redo this? <laughs> oh, that last one—that was not bad, actually. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Still going. There you go. I knew it was coming. <laughs> wait. I, wait. I feel like I hyped up your scatting. I think and that, that was. I that think those were drums. Oh, that wasn't scatting. That I, I was. Think it was. That was the drums. That, that was, was the drums. drums at the end of. Because like I was doing a, you know what I mean? It was like a trumpet riff, mm-hmm. and then the song was ending. So then like it ended with just the drums. All right. Respect. There wasn't much scatting in the movie, right? That's why I didn't do no, it. I, mean, I don't know. I just right. thought no, you were because you just there wasn't at all. You just do it. All right. Well, my name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Gerard Milligan. In my name. He likes to draw it out. Why is it so long? Did you say it yet? <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I think you were talked over him saying oh, it. Say? Oh, well, okay. we it's on. It. <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, well. It's clear on my track, so we just got We can just move it forward oh, well. or backwards. Oh, <laughs> All right. Oh, well. We have a special guest in the studio. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hey, 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 drum, hey, hey James. I'm going to do the drums. You do the horn. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Okay, okay. The Reverend Sean Amos is here, everyone. Oh! Look at that! Look at that teamwork! Look at that teamwork! Sean Amos. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Good to be in Brooklyn again. Now you just you just had an album just drop, right? Friday. That's right. Friday. Uh, Reverend Sean Amos tells it. Breaks right? it down. Breaks it down. Breaks it I'm in down. Breaks sort it of down. Like trilogy. So the first one was called. Oh, you do. Okay, you do have one that's called Tells It. The first one's called Reverend Sean <laughs> Tells It. The second one's called Reverend Sean Amos Loves You. And this one is Reverend Sean Amos Breaks It Down. I love it. Uh, oh, my gosh. I had to add an extra word there, which, was, <laughs> which pained me. Now, did you know this was going to be a trilogy, or was it like, no, uh, Tells It was so good? You're like, I got to. I gotta. I got more to say. Yeah, exactly. I gotta. I gotta break it down. Well, it's always about having something to say. Yeah, so, it, it is. It's always about having something to say. I love that. Um, that's awesome. So please go check that out. Go where? Where can people get on iTunes? Everyone, man. iTunes, right, Spotify, Spotify, Amazon, all that title, all that stuff. Oh, you on title too? Good, yeah. yeah, brother. I just like supporting titles. Yeah, with the people. Yeah, gotta support. Gotta support Jay. You gotta support Jay. Yeah, I support. He needs a break. I support anything that's like nowadays. I'm like. Is a brother behind it? Cool. Amen. I buy it. Uh, <laughs> I don't need these socks. <laughs> I got, how much are they? $300. Uh, brother. Lord brother. Let me get two pairs. <laughs> 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 Let me get. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, we review films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race yep. and diversity in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And today we are reviewing the 1990 Spike Lee joint, Mo Better Blues. Mo Better Blues. That's a good title, though. It's a great title. You I dig show enough. Show enough. Better. Mo better blues. Denzel Washington. We're and this is so. This is Spike Lee's fourth film. Yep. And starring Denzel Washington. And, and first film. First film with Denzel. First film. His first film with Denzel. Uh, Hope Blade. Man. Yes. Wesley Snipes. Gus. <laughs> okay. Cast. You gotta stop this. Samuel Jackson. <laughs> the only one's not. This is really rude. It's only, sort of rude. Black Panther respect has waned. You, you only get, you only give a Black Panther. Bro. I'm sorry. You got Gus. You got um, Jesus. Okay. Uh, 
Wait, who are you calling Jesus? Uh, John, t- what's his name in the Big Lebowski? Was it? Oh, they called him Jesus. Was his name Jesus in it, or was it Jesus? Wow. Was Jesus a Jesus? Oh, I, I don't remember. I think they called him Jesus. I'm call <laughs> I just him Jesus. like that. That John Turturro. That's John his Turturro. biggest role in your mind. Jay- is Jesus. His role in the Big Lebowski. Uh, we got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. Hear we got. We got. We got Jesus. Uh. Okay. So the women in this in this film. Uh, we got Mr. Glass. Okay. What am I doing? Bill Nunn? Yes, Bill Nunn is in it. <laughs> Mr. Glass. <laughs> Joey Lee. Joa. Oh, is it Joa? Joali. Joali. Spike's sister. Uh, oh, that's oh, that's in real life. Sister. sister. Uh, in I was wondering why she was yeah. in this movie. She's in almost all of his projects. She she co-wrote Crooklyn and was in Crooklyn. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Joali and hey, you Cinda know, Williams. And I want to apologize. I need to apologize. Okay. I said I'm gonna say Frozone instead of uh, instead of I think because Frozone. I just saw I like the trailer for Incredibles okay. too. So I'm gonna say Frozone. Okay. It's that just to, so everyone's up on the reference. So Frozone. Oh, then where's my super suit? <laughs> Frozone? <laughs> yeah, Frozone, bro. Incredible. Frozone? Is that his name in The Incredible? Yeah. That's a superhero totally. name. There, there are so many other Samuel Jackson things for you to say, and the ones you chose. All right. Kids might right. be listening. I, I support Frozone. Robin Harris. Yes. Bebe's kids. Okay, his I knew final you were film say performance. That. His final Bebe's performance. Kids. Uh, wait, wh- who do I call Charlie Murphy? I thought I got to call Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Yeah, he's got. There's a lot of it. people in this movie. Yeah, yeah bro. This movie. A ton of people in this movie. And um, so yeah, this film. I mean, okay. So just we like to just talk about some of the whatever facts. Box office: sixteen million. It made. You know, what was the budget? Oh, the budget 10. was ten. The budget so was ten. Right, so Spike. you know, in nineteen ninety. Uh, okay, Spike. And it was reviewed. Fairly well. It was like I think it was something like eighty three percent around tomatoes, whatever. Like yeah, Ra- Roger Ebert had it three out of four stars. But to me, the, the the one of the most interesting things about this film is that it followed "Do the Right Thing." But it followed "Do the that's Right Thing." Like the tr- uh, and that's like the truth. That's to understand like in, in its full sort of exactly context. Right. I mean, you make "Do the Right Thing" and your follow up is "Mo Better Blues." Right, and that's yeah. destined. For some disappointment, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> with, exactly. with, with a group of people. Yes, um, and literally, I was reading Roger Ebert's review, and like one of the first things he says is like, "It's a less passionate and angry film than Lee's previous work," which is interesting that he said that. But anyway, uh, do the right thing and less inspired too. It's his fourth feature, but suffers a little from second novel syndrome, the pressure on an artist to follow up with a great triumph. So. But he gave it a three out of four star review, and I was yeah. like, "Damn, that was really harsh in the beginning right, of you your didn't review." Give you a one after the reading that. Yeah, but now, but now we're good, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so now, I guess you like it. Thumbs up. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, those are the those are the basic facts. I mean, the film is essentially about this uh, musician, Denzel Washington's character, who is Bleak Bleak, Bleak Gillum. Bleak Gillum, who is who. Uh, there's a couple things happening in his life. One, he's got. Two lovely two women that he can't choose between, and he so he's dating them both. Uh, whether it's a dick or not, thing. he says it's, it's a, he says it's a dick it's thing. A dick thing. Uh, he's very adamant thing, yeah. about that fact. <laughs> now he's got a friend who's played by Spike Lee's, who's called Giant, <laughs> Giant, but everybody else just calls him Midget. Yeah, which uh, who's his manager also? Who's his manager and and his friend from you know back back third in the day, grade, third grade, grade, grade. Yep, yep. who is. He's got a gambling addiction and also maybe not good as a manager. So that's happening. And then, of course, he's leading his own band and he's got 
his saxophone player, played by Wesley Snipes. <laughs> first off, I love that Wesley Snipes. Yeah, first off, this name is mad offensive because Wesley Snipes is dark and his name is Shadow. Shadow. And I was like, bro, that's so rude. Only a black filmmaker can get away with that. I, I, that's man. so Only rude. Only Spike can get away with that. Yo, that's that's crazy. Dude, Only Spike could do that. Oh, we forgot to say. Um, did and we say Radio Raheem was in this movie? Bill we, Nunn. No, we didn't. Rest in peace, man. <laughs> yep, playing upright bass. He's Bill Nunn. Radio. Okay. No, I honestly, I like Spike Lee. If you go to um, Thirty Acres and a Mule, like he sells memorabilia and. When 40 acres in the 40. I'm gonna say 30. Come on, 30. Come on. Sorry. 40 you short changing us? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we worth 40 we acres. Off of the 40, you can turn back. I'm sorry. We are worth 40 <laughs> acres and a mule. But he sells like this memorabilia and he had this really dope shirt dedicated to Radio Raheem. Mm-hmm. And like I tried to get it once he passed away and it's like sold out in two seconds. I was like, God, oh, Spike is the master marketer. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they're supposed to be getting they're supposed to be getting a little bit more money, but that's not happening. And then also like Wesley Snipes Shadow wants to take over the group. Anyway, so those are the three kind of main through lines. So that's the setup for yeah. everybody. You know, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Which but is, also it's thin. I mean, I tell you, it, you know. it's a thin story. Oh, this thing. Oh, we're going to talk about it. It's a thin. We're all a little relieved you said that because we're, like, we're going to talk about that for no, sure. To, to me, to me, like the film, it's all about sort of like subtext and and like what it means that a film like that got made right when it got made right and sort of what it means in the context of other music films right you know what right. i mean because the music film is like a specific kind of thing That's right right whether yeah. it's a la la land or whiplash oh or whether it's you know a music documentary like right. the last waltz or you know what i mean but you know, music films are a certain kind of sub genre that's right and I think that, as as a music film, it it holds an interesting place. Right. I, I think it holds a sort of a, a place that deserves respect in that context, mm-hmm. even though as a film, right, right, it's like it's it's oh, this shit, man. This, this thing, boy. Do you want to? I mean, so we do. We're gonna do initial thoughts. Do you, would you like to start, or would you want? Do you want to hear what we? I want to hear say? it first. We okay. So we'll. St- I mean, who should start? Should uh, I start? Yeah, you you probably should go. Okay. Well, I'll start. <laughs> okay. All right, because. Draft feels some type of way. I don't know what James James is in LA. So <laughs> He's a county. James, James is packing right now. He's giving yeah. up his vote. Yeah, James Just is packing. <laughs> James, you there? I'm here. <laughs> Do y'all want me to start? No, 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 James. No, no, no. You go after me. We love you, James. I'm uh, glad James is in LA because he kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> James is never this calm, which is really making me nervous. He is this calm sometimes, but anyway. So, okay, for me, this is what I'll say. The first thing that struck me about the movie, this is my first time seeing it too. Uh, I didn't, I, uh, y- yeah, I didn't see it when. Well, I definitely didn't see it when it came out because I was very young. But, <laughs> but I also Parents didn't. Parents put in your career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> better learn, boy. <laughs> <laughs> better learn today. <laughs> better learn today. <laughs> um, so one of the first things that struck me watching this movie was how beautiful it looked. Okay, I, yeah, I true. feel like I. It, it had this. It was. It was definitely shot on film. Oh yeah. And oh for sure. It had, and I forget sometimes how good film looks, the texture of it, and all that stuff. And also, it, it, it was very clear that Spike had a lo- little more, little bit more money than he usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have a lot of money, ten million dollars, but still, I think he had a, a little bit more than he usually does. And so, like some of just the settings looked really, really good. Like. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful film. Yeah. It was like beautifully shot, and I and that was one of the things that stood out to me the most. And and there was also, I think, a very uh, 
purposeful um, uh, intention to make to talk about like the black middle class in a sense, right? Because it's uh, you have. I mean, it starts off in this nice brownstone in Fort. You know, I'm, I don't know if it was Fort Green. Probably was. I probably probably had probably was. Him. Probably no. Yeah. Him. Uh, it looked like Fort Green, so it was like you know, so it's this beautiful brownstone, and, and and you know they're play. I mean they're playing the trumpet, and you know he he has to do his lessons, and um, just even like the venue that they were at, that they were playing all the time, uh, just it had a little class to it. There was a lot of class, like uh, there was a lot of class to this movie overall, which I really liked, and I thought Denzel was really great in this film. He's an incredible actor, and every time Denzel, I see him, baby. I'm like, Denzel is killing it. Like. Um, there it's are cool some to see him young too, by the way. Cause I, I, yeah. I, I forgot about young Denzel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like a little bloated, sort of you know, older Denzel. Yeah. Right, like, exactly. That's like right. Buff young Denzel. Yes, it was, he was. They, he took he a went. shirt off at some point, and we were like, "Damn, yeah. this dude is cut." I get it. <laughs> I get it, ladies. Uh, I get it. Yeah, and yeah, and the performances I really enjoyed for the most part. Uh, you know, this definitely. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure watching it at the time. Seeing Spike in a film again, it was like, all right, you you can scale back now. You don't <laughs> need to be in, in all of your movies. films. I, I don't know how everybody feels about that, but I, there's just one of those things where it's just like, okay, you don't need to be in all of your films, but fine, you're cool, you're cool, you're doing your thing. You're kind of like making fun of yourself, your your height, which is funny in this weird way. Um, the other thing I'll say is that I think the themes that Spike was going for, I really did enjoy, meaning you know, uh, just growing up and like having to decide what you want to do with your life, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of dealing with a friend who's been your friend for a very long time, but they're holding you back in certain ways. How do you handle that? What is your sense of loyalty? What does it mean to be like, I'm loyal to you as a friend, but also that doesn't mean I need to mix business in with you. You know, there's that kind of thing happening. And, and also the pursuit and kind of what Gerard was saying before, like, what do you do to give up? Like, what do you give up for the pursuit of your career? Yeah. That being said, I think this script could have used a couple more drafts. Uh, yeah, bro. <laughs> I think, Preach. I think, I think it, it, you know, it could have benefited from somebody being like, Spike, this is, you're, you're almost there. You just, but we got to connect the dots a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, we we can't be getting lost in some. There were some times where I was like, ah, "You go, you're you're letting the scene drag on a little too long." Uh, this is fun, but it's like more fun for you guys on set yeah, than it is for us yeah. watching at home. Um, and we need to and and just it. But what I told them when I fir- first saw it was like, this film kind of reminds me of. Uh, it reminds me of an Oscar film, honestly. It reminds me of Oscar. an Academy Award movie that you see and you're like, yeah, that was good. Like, you're told it was good, so you like go and watch it, and you know that there are great elements about mm-hmm. it, but there's just something about it where you're just like, it's not connected. Like, I'm not... Yeah. It's all very yeah. tasteful. Yeah, tasteful. it's all tasteful, and I'm yeah. like, this is good, and I feel cultured for watching this, but it's not hitting me on like a visceral level. It's not keeping my interest going that being said we should be allowed to have those films too <laughs> yeah no you know that, no you're right that, that, no you're right we brother. should be allowed you to have right. those films too because i told right. him i'm like yo right. go watch the phantom thread you know what i mean you are right sit down and watch that movie like it's nominated for best picture right now 
and Daniel Day-Lewis is nominated for Best Actor for that movie. He might even win again. And I'm like sitting down watching that movie, and I'm just like, this, it's, it feels similar. It's like, mm-hmm. there's like, you're like, yes, there are great things. There are great elements about it. Something's happening. The themes there that, that are rich, but you're taking way too long. It's, there's, there's this air of pretentiousness yeah, that I, <laughs> you can't like help. But that's but, the point, man. But that is, you know. You said it's, like, it's like, how long did it take us to get a black superhero? I right. Mean, yeah. Exactly. I mean, how long did yeah. it take us to get a black superhero? Right, exactly. I mean, so it, it's like, we deserve all those colors. We deserve of the all of those colors yeah. of the rainbow. And so for that, I'm just like, yo, of course, do your thing, Spite. Like, yeah. you should Good be allowed you. to do your thing. Freaking all these other directors get to do it. Scorsese made silence. You know what I mean? Like, they, all oh, of them yeah. get to do their and thing. The other thing is, the other thing is, you know, so many, if you talk about, you know, sort of music movies as a genre, mm-hmm. right? Then there's like black music movies, right? right? And and jazz is a subgenre of that yes. jazz, you know, movies. And everyone's you know a heroin junkie or down. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like and, and they're based on true stories. A lot of them, like right. you know, Bird, Forrest Whitaker, right. playing Charlie Parker, who was a heroin addict in real life. So of course he's a heroin addict on screen. Right. But but you know those are the de- depictions that most viewers get of have gotten up until that time of black musicians. Right. And there's not one drug reference in this film. There's, it's almost like a yes. Cosby version of jazz. Right. Yeah, you know, which to, or I, I take away from it you know, in part. I mean, I right. take away a lot of things of it, but it, it, like the colors of it. Right. It's like this middle class, yeah. you know, bougie Cosby version of black music. Yeah, I like that. James, what do you, you got? What do you got to say? I'm not yeah. giving away. That, that's I mean, not my response, though. I'm not no, giving away my response. No, I know. We're saving you. We're saving you. We're saving your time. I had never seen this before, so this was my first time seeing it, and I didn't, I didn't love it. I have to say, but um, I think if I were to narrow it down, I think like my issue with it was that like every scene was like a minute longer than it needed to be, right, just yes. like mm-hmm. by a minute, like every single scene, <laughs> um, like it, like, and I think it was because of like air and and pacing, not so much that like things that happened in them were too long. It was like, oh no, there's a lot of uh, air in this. Um, and then is I that think the time now though, man. Is that is, is that that's partly, a good question? Partly like him, him making a like falling prey to auteur, uh, you know, where he's like he's calling all the shots. So fuck it, no one can know what to do. Or is it because now you know where twenty you, years where later you we're more. just like an Instagram, you know, social media. Yeah, and you, hell. maybe I mean may, that very well maybe because the movie itself is only two hours long. It's just a little over two hours long, so it's not a long movie. Um, so yeah, it could be that. It could be that I'm just like I'm waiting for. But then there are some, there are some scenes though where I don't know. I was like I was looking at it trying to figure it out. Like the uh, uh, the the first scene. Uh, hold on. With the kids. The first uh, scene with um, Indigo between Indigo and Bleak, mm-hmm. uh, where he's like getting dressed. Uh, the uh, uh, it's a it's a dick thing or whatever that scene. I feel like the pacing of that. There are just moments where it's like <laughs> there are just moments of it where like Denzel will say something and then there's like a pause and we're just like staring at Indigo and then she responds and it's like why <laughs> like why was yeah, it yeah, edited yeah. like that yeah. like that is clearly her immediate response anyway. Um, so I, I I don't know but but uh, I did lo- I'm glad that you talked about how it was like shot on film and stuff. I felt like I was enamored with how it looked. I thought it looked yeah. so good. Um, uh, it was really refreshing uh, uh, to, lo- to, to look at. Um, it's interesting that it's 
that that um like you were saying Sean that it's the uh like Cosby <laughs> uh, j- version of jazz um because I think I felt that too like I think I kind of wanted it to like not just so kind of have like a feeling of of dark but like to actually be dark or gritty in those moments that uh we're trying to be that um I didn't like Spike Lee like I didn't like him as giant like at all and and I I know I shouldn't <laughs> crap on Spike Lee's acting, but I just didn't like it. I was like, why are you playing this part? Like this, there's so much happening specifically to this character. And we have, uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito has saying like four lines when like this could be switched. You know what I mean? Like, like just do that. Like this guy's a a great actor. Like let him play this, this, this part. So I, so I think that I didn't like the movie for those reasons, but like, but definitely a hundred percent agree that like, yeah, we gotta have these movies and like and like let like let Spike do his thing. Let him sit in these moments that he wants to sit in and and do what he wants to do. Like like he's a great director, so he should be able to to do that. I think it's interesting too. It's like he made do the right thing, which has a lot of that same color palette. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, in, in that same color palette in service of a, a darker story, right? And a more like quote unquote serious right. story. And then and he applied. Kind of almost the same color palette to now this uh, this story that's a lot lighter. Yes, that's um, true. And the guy had, like a lot of like clout after do the right thing. I mean, he could have. Right. I mean, he used up a lot of it in retrospect on Mal- getting Malcolm X made. Right. But you know, he could have done arguably any number of things. The fact that he sort of you know shot some of that wad on this is like yeah, an interesting it's, choice. It is you know, interesting. He, I wonder. Yeah. I'm, Oh, I'm like, you done, James? I guess I'm next. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's my. Those are my initial thoughts. Yo, I, I'm I'm bored thinking about this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so you, sorry. It's like did you ever see Casino? I did. I haven't seen I haven't seen this so long. I can't really remember. Casino it. is a movie that it was like. It's, that's a Scorsese film. That's yeah. what he did after Goodfellas, and it's like. One of the things about Casino is that it's exactly like good. It's it, it's a very similar the plot. Coke scene is amazing, but it's also a movie that has so much air in it. Like, mm. and it's mm-hmm. and it's actually I think that movie is actually like two and a, two hours and forty minutes. But like, it's like so long and unnecessarily long. Mm. Where you're just like, this is a good director and good things are happening, but like, this wasn't great. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, they just they just had they just had yeah. the clout and the time. Anyway, sorry. No, no, this this felt like, and the reason I'm trying my best not to like be mean in this movie because it felt like a passion project. You know, it felt like right, that's felt right. like you wanted to do you wanted to do it. Like again, it was beautiful. Um, I do agree. Like I, I think Gus should have played Giant. Yeah, I like it. Just feels because Gus is short in real life. Like you could have just had Gus do it. Uh, it I, honestly, I was watching this movie, and I have rarely done this with movies reviewed. I don't remember a lot because I told John before we started. I was like, I think I started cleaning. I think I just started doing stuff, and like I don't like. Yeah, I just think I just. I, There's some. It's like music in the back. Yeah, I think I was just. But then the thing is, is I wasn't a big fan of the jazz or like the way they shot it. I was like, it almost felt like. I as a person who doesn't know jazz, I feel like at certain points I felt like the way Denzel would would introduce like the the his character would introduce. The set pieces, I couldn't tell if he was making fun of jazz. I know at one point he's definitely making fun of like R and B or hip hop, right? For sure. But I was like, is this is supposed to be good? Like, uh, is he, you like, mean the actual music? The, the, the actual, yeah, the actual music. Like, 
I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be good because I remember, because remember Spike Lee is like kind of like not Spike Lee, uh, Wesley. Sorry, Blade. Uh, (laughs) Get my names right. Blade is kind of dissing the style of music that Denzel likes because he calls it like you know old. We should do what people like, and I love that discussion. I love the discussion of like commercialism versus art for art's sake. I definitely love that that conversation, which I wish it was more of because I know they had that one moment at that bar. But I was like, oh man, I wish it was this. Wish it was like literally old versus new. Which I'm gonna bring up one of the best movies ever created, Black Panther. Um, I'm gonna talk about that movie for like the next year. Oh, okay. So just know. It. Uh, and the big thing about that movie is like you know tradition versus like you know modernization. Like like when do we change and like how do we change? And I wish this movie hit that note because maybe that would have gave Denzel's character more urgency than just kind of being. I felt like he was like selfish, and I was like, I don't care what he's doing. I didn't care about honestly. I didn't care about his character at all. Like at no right, point right. did I care. There was a lot of conflict going on with this character. Yeah, I mean, and also it all conflicts. He's like he couldn't decide who the fuck. Yeah, right? and it was like it was selfish. And the thing is too, it was like it was that dated yeah. like man shit. Where I'm like, yeah, man, like no offense, bro. Like this is that toxic masculinity that I feel like has fucked up black men for a long time. It's like, yeah, man, you over here debating between two women, both who have your back. Both like both of them have your back. Your and father that, is actually, telling you to change. And at yeah. some point too, they both knew that he was dating another person and we're still like still trying kind of okay with it you know what I mean still trying every last opportunity <laughs> and the thing is it's so interesting because I think the thing that was very interesting to me is like I, I would have preferred if the movie would have been about Shadow mm. because to me it's like I started off being like oh man Shadow's a dick like of course he's gonna be the dude who's gonna try to steal his girl at some point right. but then what you realize is that no Shadow is like he's kind a, of right. he, like he at one point you realize he is a playboy but you realize he says to her, and I thought it was a pickup line, like, nah, man, you deserve to be first. You deserve this and that. And he does that. He treats her like, he legit gives uh, Clark everything she wants. He like, you should be the lead of a band. You should be on it. You should be worshipped. You should be that. Like, how he goes about it is kind of fucked up. Yeah. And but he's sincere about it, too. Is he's this, sincere you, you, you when you he talks a lie. to her. You think it, I mean, you first hear it, you think it's you a think lie. You think it's a lie. But he's real about it. And it is. And it's yeah. like, oh man, this dude really actually likes her. And it's like, once, I'm like I get it. I'd prefer that. Character. Yeah, it's like, show me his journey. Show me the journey of like the dude going from like bad to good, if you will. Because when Denzel ends up with the well, girl at the end, I'm like, am I happy for him? Because he legit just walks out of the club because he can't get that girl back. And now he goes to the yeah, other yeah, girl. Third, third prize, right? Yeah, I was like, can't, can't yeah. play Trump anymore. Doesn't get the first girl. Yeah, like, like, all what? right, back to Joao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, like am I supposed to be happy? That scene creeped me out. That scene creeped me out. It's so creepy. Because she said, Save it. me. That will save me. She says it, yeah, and then was, he won't let yeah. it go. Like he won't let it go. Yeah. He he literally corners her, and I'm like, bro, yeah, I'm supposed to like this dude. Didn't like that. Yeah. yeah, this movie needed a fourth and a fifth. Like I just don't. I just don't like it. I don't like what it represents. I don't like it. I feel icky. And again, my apartment is clean. You come to my house, y'all. My kitchen is, bro. I bought a Swiffer. All right. My nah, John. All nah, nah, right. Nah, nah, John. John. I got the Swiffer. The heat. The heat Swiffer. So like my my wooden mm-hmm. floors are like heated mm-hmm. and it's clean. We st- we still love Spike Lee. No, I mean I'm not trying to diss Spike. I know. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm trying people. to be nice, but the thing is, I'm just saying for the people this, and for Spike because we know he's listening. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he might. But low key <laughs> is like this is the kind of thing where I think, as black men, we we figure out like how do we progress going forward from here on out. It's like little things like this and yeah. us but the, subjecting yeah. our women is weird to me. Like no, for sure. See, but I he, Spike's always had a weird relationship with like. I mean, on one, I mean, on one hand, like he made she's got to have it right, which is like. Yeah, but doesn't she get like assaulted and, she, and like isn't her isn't one of the big things that she gotta have it like the movie? 
Yeah, yeah, but but but, it, but that film is like an empowerment of black women at a time when there was nothing going on like right. that. I mean, right. it was a celebration of black female sexuality, and she's in charge of her shit, and she's manipulating these dudes, even though they think it's the other way around. Yeah. So I, I think you know he has a mixed record on, let's say, misogyny or or like yeah. or like or like black male stereotypes. Yeah. But I do think that he has overall, you know, moved us. For I mean, if you look, I yeah. mean, he's totally moved us forward. I mean, he, he just he, you got to think of, well, can, 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 can I get into it? No, hey, man, get, brother, yeah, please take it away. <laughs> please so, take so it away. So to me, I, I just the film to me is the political statement of that film is that it's sort of what they call me earlier really about the Cosbyfication of it. Right? I mean, right. like like Cosby. It's difficult time about Cosby now, obviously, for all these obvious reasons. But we just gotta yeah, let but, that go. But, but, I mean, but, not, but not let it go. But we I'm gotta just talk, like, we gotta talk. Yeah, we about gotta. Well, let, let's just. We're in 1990. <laughs> like we got no. We gotta talk about yeah. him because he was impactful for the black. Right. His show was very impactful. He was. We it's talk like about the Chappelle him. bit from the last yeah. Netflix specials. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. Well, yeah, he like supposedly gave Martin Luther King the PA system that he said gave the IGMS speech through. You know, so did he help more people than did he rape? <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, and, it's, and he's, it's, it's tough to have that happen to it's the deep. heroes of the community. But so, but anyway, so, but you, I mean, like that show was like a political statement, right. like, you know, a, a black middle class family who had their shit together and was a nuclear family and was, was together and, and doing it, you know, and that was like a political statement. And, right. and I, I find, I find this film to be a similar political, political statement because all those themes we talked about, like you know, shadow and 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 what's going on with sort of sexually there, and and what's going on with you know, career over you know, women or family, all these things. If if that if that exact same film was made, and it was like there was no bright colors in it, and it was all shot in shadows, and someone and people were smoking joints all the time, and it had this grit to it that doesn't exist at all, I bet we would like take it more seriously on some level. And I think those devices are like always used right. a lot in films about black people. And, and his refusal to use any of those devices, mm. when it maybe could have arguably made the film better in yeah, some, yeah. some respect, to me it's like a pretty bold statement. And I bet he, I mean, I don't have proof of it, but I mean, I, actually, I went to NYU Film School and I remember getting a first look deal um, Around that time, that film, and I went to NYU, and I, you know, Spike had just graduated, right. and he's like, you know, he's like a messiah yeah, and exactly. all this shit, right? Yes, yes, and, yes. and so I remember, but but this, like Boys in the Hood was coming up, right? Like mm -hmm. Singleton was just about to, you know, arrive, and there was a whole sort of like, you know, edgy thing that was emerging in Hollywood, and people wanted like a different view of black life. I mean, right. they, 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 I remember writing a script. And like it was a black guy and a white guy who were friends, and I remember getting a script note back from a studio exec that no one would ever believe that a black guy and a white guy could be friends like this. I mean, it was like insane. Mm. It, it, wow. that, that shit was still going right, on. Right. So yeah. I can only imagine what he had to fight to like not make the guy smoke a joint right. or, yeah. or, or, or was. So I find that like like powerful in its own way. The, right. the, the film, so sort of like what the film is, what the film represents. You know? yeah. and, and the film is not Spike's best film by a long shot. I mean, yeah. it's not Do the Right Thing. It's not Malcolm X. It's it, yeah. it, you know, it's not Crooklyn, I think was kind of right. cool. Um, it's better than Jungle Fever, I think. <laughs> but right. but to me, there's like a real statement in that, which to me is, is super powerful. And, yeah. and I think only a guy like him could have done that. And I think right. it's important that that was done like at that time. Mm. You know what I mean? And the other part of it is, for me, like it kind of got me into jazz a little bit, you know, because because okay. it was oh, sort of because for the, what we were talking about earlier on, because it, it it was 
and so talk about the music. So like Branford Marcellus, Terrence Blanchard, like like heavy jazz cats of that time, mm-hmm. you know, played on that soundtrack. Um, I, I, I they had mixed feelings about that track. You know, the, the like the title track, Mo Better Blues. Yeah. Um, uh, like Branford. Da, na, 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 na. I think it was like a Billboard hit. I mean, I think I think that oh, wow. that song like got on the charts or something. Super simple song, and Brentford like hated that song. I mean, he'd play it live and go, uh, you know. "Oh, really?" I mean, he wouldn't play. I, I remember seeing him at Royce Hall, at UCLA, like right when the phone came out, and like half the crowd was in there because they heard of Mo Better Blues. Right. I mean, it literally sort of like brought him a new audience, and he also just played with Sting too. But people like wanted to play that song. He's like, "I might play that song. You know, you could play it yourself." <laughs> Meaning like uh, it's just so simple. You could, so, so, so he sort of dissed the song. But the soundtrack was done by Spike's father, Bill Lee. Wow. Who was like this. Uh, you know, in, in music, there was a well-known New York bassist. He was like a jazz bassist, and he played on a whole bunch of like early folk hits. Like he played mm-hmm. on Bob Dylan's early albums and like uh, Cat Stevens, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a trip. And so I, I, it feels like, yeah, passion project. He was probably throwing right. his dad a bone, like let's do this for thing, sure. you know, for dad and for pops. Uh, but he always got his heavy cats to play on it. Right. And so the result was this sort of jazz light kind of thing. Right. I think it was dismissed by anyone's a jazz purist, and I'd probably dismiss it now at the time but right. it got me into jazz i mean i actually right, it but sort you need of, that because it was it was easy for me to get my ear around it you right know what I mean? uh, and, and and so from mo better blues like a three note little you know thing i could sort of then get into miles right or, yeah and, uh, he named his kid miles in the film yeah right? you know and so it was sort of like my gateway drug a little bit you know into in, in jazz and i'm not right. sure and then i then i end up watching around midnight i'm gonna lose my chronology but there's that great film around midnight that dexter gordon's in who's like a real saxophone player it's made by this, this french film director i can't remember his name but it's a great like but it's dark it's like this guy's a heroin addict and it's like but it's an amazing film and i almost want to talk about that one but it, but it's a different trip or i got into bird or i got into you know all these darker jazz things right. but for me that Mo Better Blues thing sort of allowed me to get into things that were more complicated musically to get my mm-hmm. ear around. Whereas I probably would have dismissed that stuff if I heard it first. Ah, Mo Better. I mean, this movie is like, I guess as we start, I guess we might as well start. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I just want to talk about, like, yes, I, I, like, I like that this movie definitely shows you a different part of the black diaspora. Like, it's something that I haven't seen. Like, I, I haven't seen a movie really about jazz. Like one, and it's tricky because I see like yeah maybe if you made these gritty it would have felt different but I do like that it was so no I, polished yeah, and I beautiful agree. I, I love the like, hues like of the colors he's a great it. filmmaker I mean all his film I mean he, he Ernest filmmaker. Dickerson's the DP yeah. Yeah. Ernest Dickerson I think went on to direct but he shot yeah. nearly all of Spike's films yeah, like, maybe maybe every one I don't know but I mean the guys like and he's another NYU film grad right I mean guys like a brilliant photographer I mean I brilliant. I thought this thing was shot beautifully and it's just interesting because I. I keep thinking about what the beginning and end, what the purpose was, what we learned from it, what like what the what the what the protagonist, yeah, what like what happened to the protagonist yes. that we're like, cool, we saw this thing happen because right. again at the end, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about I don't this. Know, no, no, no. I, that's my biggest like, problem with it, man. I mean, it's, it's almost like is. the family thing at the end is like the consolation prize, which is kind of a fucked right? up message. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's met- like, well, I can get the career, can get you know, such a, I'm gonna fuck okay, we'll have a kid, and right, uh, it's and, messed up because it's like. If that what if that's what the ending was going to be, then you gotta you gotta carry us through that. It can't be an afterthought. Because it's an afterthought in the script, it feels like an afterthought for the character. And whether that's actually what Spike intended or not, that's how it came across, so that the end feels really messed up 
in this way that it shouldn't. <laughs> like it's like yeah, like we're all saying, he just took her because he just didn't have Had any other options. Else. And he says let's have a boy, and then they have a boy. And he's playing trumpet, so it's the full. Yeah, story. and then it's like, and then it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he has a boy, and he's playing trumpet, and you're like, so what are you trying to like? Live vicariously <laughs> That's through the your sequel, son. He's like beating the shit out of his son. Like, are you gonna are you gonna Play start trumpet, this boy. over? There was a way in which I feel like Spike thought the mirroring would be sweet, and it actually for me was like, what kind of <laughs> twisted person <laughs> lives the same exact life that they grew up? Like, I feel like you really. I feel like the whole point <laughs> of the next generation is to go, how do we be better than the like we love our parents, but like we do not want to do repeat the same mistakes or you know what I mean? Like there was something about the relationship between his mom and his dad w- wasn't that healthy, which I think it was supposed to just be comedy. Like so his the, dad, his dad, the relationship with him and his dad was kind of sweet. I mean, no, yeah, yeah him and his dad, but I'm, dad I'm and talking about the dad and the mom. Oh, oh the parents together. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that the relationship between that, the, that marriage yes. seemed not healthy. Totally. I, I don't know if that. it was or not, but it was like the dad was like kind of ignoring. <laughs> she was, you know, being very hard. Yeah. She was being overbearing. Yeah. And the dad was like, well, I'll just like do what your mom says. I'm just trying to watch my game. Like, I don't want her to mess with yeah, me. Like me. Yeah. So like, you just do what she says so that I can be cool doing this. Yeah. Um, and, and it was like, and it was, it was this thing where it sets up that he doesn't want to play the trumpet. He hates it as a kid. But then after that, and he can't play with his friends, one of which, you know, will be Spike Lee's character, mm-hmm. Giant. Uh, but then, you know, and they have this whole funny little, you know, what do they keep saying? Uh, what? What part? What is he? What is they? I just, I just, all I could see it's was like Spike, was Spike there. like directing these kids to like say the same thing at the same time. Oh, oh man. That's, that's the thing that Spike always does said, in his movies though. I, later. And they're like. Uh, like do they always remember like even in do the right thing the um was it martin yeah they all say they all are at the steps of the brownstone they always yell yeah he has his little devices yeah right we definitely see the we definitely see the oh i'm on the um the treadmill the treadmill thing and i'm definitely doing that point even though one part really threw me off because at one point he starts to like try to limp while he's on it and i'm like all right spike Uh, wait, what's the best way to do like to do this? Because like I'm not gonna lie, talk about this whole movie. All right, well, no, I just I'm just talking about the be- beginning because it, basically I'm just saying we go from that scene uh-huh. to him playing the trumpet, but then it's never brought up again. Oh, like, how he doesn't like it, or be, well, what I'm saying is, what was the point of that beginning scene? Because for me, watching it, I thought it was like his mom was being hard on him, but at the end of the day she instilled a skill in right. him that he wound up falling in love with. Totally. And that, he, but he never references his yeah. mom again. And that's oh, the yeah, thing true. that there's no, I mean, his yeah. relationship with the trumpet is, is, is ill-defined, right? It's ill-defined. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't tell if he was, are we supposed to believe that he really, he actually doesn't want to do this? Mm. Or, like, is it this thing where he, the only reason he's, fo- maybe this is what the movie was trying to say. It was just like, it, some of the stuff was so subtle, like that I was like, actually, we need a little bit more context. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need to, like, I know they say show, don't tell, but like, sometimes you got to tell, tell me a little like, bit. Like, line it up. what, like, <laughs> because he was so, because the character wasn't expressing his emotions with anybody, 
and we never got a scene where he was just like, where they were like, why are you so obsessed with your regiment? And he just was like, look, like, I don't know. Life is short. Something about life is short. Life is short. You, you got to fit it all in. You got to fit it, was, it, it all short in. Kind of thing. And it was, and he says that, but you know, I didn't know if we were supposed to link it to his mom. If he, if he actually loved the music, because by the end, it feels like he really did love the music, and it was so sad when it was taken away. You can't play. Yeah, but, you know what I mean. So I, I, I just, I wasn't. I just was never clear yeah. on like what we were. Supp- anyway, I think Spike was more interested in proving he could make a film like this than actually making right the a film. good film. Because like, he could make a yeah. good film about like any number of things. Exactly. But I think he wanted to make a film about this because the world didn't have. And you could have done right. both. That's the thing. You could have done both. Could have done both. But, 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 but for whatever reason, but he was very right. It's the auteur thing. Can we talk about the auteur thing for one yeah, second? Sure, please. That's the whole thing. Like you get these people who are like they produce and they edit and they you know yeah. they, and they and they write and they direct. Yeah. And it's like it's like Prince, like the Prince of filmmaking. Yeah. This is like the Purple Rain of jazz. I mean, hey, I hey that, can that's I ask sort you a like question? Thing. Did you watch before you even say? Did you like Purple Rain? It's funny. So at the time, like totally loved it. I watched it like when Prince died or something. Uh-huh. It's so horrible. It, hey, it's man, like, never mind. I don't want to have this discussion. Okay. No more. I thought you were going to be on. I was, I was trying to shame James. It's, it's, you a, ruined, it's a really you my shame like of James. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> you it's ruined a horrible, my shame. It's a whole fucking movie. You ruined my shame of James. <laughs> I mean, James, James is somewhere. James is LA smirking right it? now. I, mean, that, I never said it wasn't. I never said it wasn't a. a a bad movie. Hey, bro, I'm not not but on this But it got podcast. a black fist. Yeah, right? you ain't, I'm never about to shame Prince. <laughs> never in my Prince, life. but he didn't direct it either. So. Hey, yeah. hey, that movie should have served. It, it needed an Oscar. Okay, no, it needed, <laughs> no, it no. needed an Oscar. May, maybe for okay, a we're best talking about Mo Better Blues right now. So the auteur thing. So Mo Better Blues. Can we get back on track, please? So the auteur thing. Back on track. So it's a, uh, it's dangerous when you got one guy calling all the shots and no one can right. tell him what to do. Right? I mean, there's no one in the room with Spike who can say Spike, you know, the, the script needs a polish, exactly. or Spike, exactly. like that scene's a minute too long. I mean, right. no one no one can tell him what to do. Right. And that, I think it's a problem with a lot of Scorsese's or Woody Allen's or you know, whoever. Yeah. Where they, they, everyone George needs Lucas somebody they can listen to. Yes. You know? And yes. If you, when you lose it's that, a great reminder because I for sure like. Could fall into this like idea of like I don't want to listen to any. No, I know. I'm right. I'm, I'm right. right. I know I'm right. I've been doing this, you, and you gotta you gotta be able to step back and just like allow somebody to be like, I I love what you're doing. Just let me fix this small. Yeah, thing. someone needs permission to yeah. challenge you. Yeah, you like, know, someone needs permission to challenge you. As the the future Oscar movie Black Panther said, okay, um, uh, awesome. you know, to be a good man, but I'm gonna change it. To be a good director is hard. So you got to have people around you that you trust, you know, because uh-huh. you're going to struggle. So when you make it, now think about this for real, though. Uh-huh. We talk about like all these even famous actors. We're like, mm-hmm. man, they're, they aren't making the movies they used to. They're just doing the same thing. I think it's because you become so good at this one thing right. that you just don't, you feel like it's on autopilot. It's like, oh, Spike knows that I can make a type of movie, right? right. And it's almost second nature. So someone might have told him he needed to have different beats in this movie, but he was like, I'm Spike Lee. Especially after Do the Right Thing. Yes, especially after do I, the right thing. I, yeah, you know, but you know, I mean, the other thing is this film launched a ton of careers, man. I mean, sure. arguably, do the right thing. The film before technically launched it, but this I mean, launched Denzel, Samuel Jackson. I mean, it's Denzel Washington's first leading. Yeah, this role. launched Denzel. I mean, his first leading role. Well, wait, did he not lead a what? Soldier Story or that was supported? I mean, okay. he, technically, technically, he got nominated Oscar, but then Soldier Story was that in the eighties? 
I think, it was, I think yeah. it, was, it was a supporting role. And he did Cry oh, Freedom, supporting. which was Kevin Klein was the leading guy in that and one. And he barely was in Cry Freedom. Yeah, I mean, he, he was supporting. Yeah, he was definitely supporting. He did that Gloria. Mighty Quinn thing, which technically maybe been a... Yeah, he had, this, that, he had right. that TV show, too. But uh, but no, this is his first leading okay, yeah. man feature film right. role. Right. I mean, I it, he did good. I guess my my big problem is I just, for some reason, I can't let it go. Because uh, I feel like oh, we talk were. about this... It, it, no, it's it's kind of close. I guess I don't know. I'm sorry. I got to get to it. Yeah, it just bothered me. Which I, which scene? I I hate. I legitimately hate the the time where Denzel is in the club and both women show up because I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast recently about every time there's a movie, especially when it's a black male lead. Sometimes I feel like the black women are shortchanged, and it's mm-hmm. always due to like propel the black man and like oh I have to have this life thing like whether it's the, the woman gets abused in some way, whether he right. does it, but he has to defend her. And in this movie, like these two women are there. Well, can we set up yeah. the fir- the two relationships okay, oh, yeah, first? Yeah, Just yeah, because yeah. they, so we have, the the two women is, you have, her name is Indigo. Love that name, by the way. Yeah, and it's a- uh, He has great names. He has great character names. I love that name. And it's played by Spike Lee's sister. And she she's the morning woman. Right, she's there with him. She wakes up with him. She's there in the morning. Uh, she goes to class, and she's a teacher, right? And it's with him. You know, this is the first time she says to him something like, "You're not. You have to make a decision." It's very. It's a lot of the stuff isn't directly said. Like we don't know that he has other women, but it's like I feel like it's implied. Mm-hmm. You know, and and but he says you know i like this this is how i <laughs> essentially saying this is how i live it's a dick thing mm-hmm. you know uh and she's like what <laughs> he just kept keep saying it's a dick thing like i'm not even you know it's this i'm a man and this is what men do which is what you're talking about this like hon- this notion of men are just going men are going to cheat you know this is what this is what we're biologically programmed to do we can't do monogamy. Like you should just accept it. Kind of get over. I it. guess the tough part about that is like, I'm not even trying to say it to preach nobody because like I've done dog shit, mm-hmm. but in doing it, I knew what I was like. At some point, there's a conscious decision of like, oh, I know I'm talking to four different people. Like you know it, especially if you're gonna make it known to the women that he. But Denzel's character knew it too. He, he, that's right. what I'm saying. And the thing is, like to me, it's so difficult watching this movie because I don't understand what the point of Denzel's character was. Like, I just don't. I don't understand. Yeah, is he supposed I, to represent a struggle? Is he supposed to represent like a person become? Is it like Baby Boy? Am I supposed to see this man grow up? Right. Is that the deal? Because at this point, I at, agree. Like yeah. I struggle too. I and and I know we're still setting up the. I know we're still setting up the relationships, but this part that you were about to that you were about to talk about when they when they both show up at the the club was like to me it, it was baffling. It was baffling because I was like. This is arguably one of the most interesting things that has happened in the movie so far. Like as far as like um, I'm on the edge of my seat, kind of like wondering what's going to happen. You know, like it's like kind of the first time I'm feeling that. But I'm also like, it's this. It's two women are at the club. Like I don't I'm not invested in either of these relationships at all. So like, why do I care about what's happening right now? Like it was such a weird moment. Okay. anyway, I I, I agree. And the reason I want to set it up is because. Here, the thing that I was confused about was be, be, because of the, this, <laughs> this conversation that he has with Indigo, where he's saying it's a dick thing, I was like, is she acknowledging that she knows he's seeing other people? And he's saying, I know you know that, but like I'm just going to do that anyway. And she's cool, cool with, with it? Yeah. 
So, which is an interesting thing, you know, and it very still re- very relevant to this day and time where you have people. I mean, I feel like it's actually even more common now for people to just be s- dating multiple people at the same time, mm-hmm. and it just being like understood that like if we're not in a relationship, if we haven't called each other boyfriend and girlfriend, you have to assume I'm seeing somebody else as well, mm-hmm. and. And then it's like, well, then what is that? But then what is that ballot? Like, are you supposed to tell people who you're seeing, who you're, if you're sleeping with somebody else? You know what I mean? Like, how do you manage that time? When does the tipping point happen? You know what I mean? When when is it the responsibility of of the person who is like, hey, I actually want more than this to say I want more? And then, like, if you say no, like, are you a jerk? Or, you know what I mean? Or is it just like, hey, like, then we need to which is kind of what happens eventually. But the thing is, I guess it's hard because she states, you don't know what you want. But for me, the reason that was hard is because like, it's it's not even just the fact that he doesn't know, he's not making a decision. It's that we're not seeing any emotion either way. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell if he's just sleeping with these, both of these women. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just like, but he he's only sleeping with two people. So if you're a player... You're sleeping with more than two well, that, people. That, that's yeah. indecision, right? I mean, maybe that, that's indecision that, versus being a player. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So indecision. So what I'm saying is like, we never really, or at least I never felt like with either her and then the other, uh, with Clark, Clark. Yeah. With, with Clark, and then Clark comes over and like Clark is like, again, super charming. She's very beautiful. You know, she's kind of pushing at him even a little harder than, in, actually, no, they're both pushing at him. But yeah. like, she's doing the same thing. She's like, you should make up your mind. You know, I'm not going to allow you to do this to me all the time. Uh, all, the time. all the time. She, she admits, all the time. She, she admits. She's like, we're not making, we're not making, yeah. We're the exactly. night. She, she admits she's the night. She's a night woman. Yeah, she's a night, you know, she comes later in the day. We're not making love, you know, and then they call it Mo Better Blues. You're giving me Mo Better Mo, no, sorry, Mo Better. You're giving Mo me better. Mo, Mo Better. <laughs> the Mo Better Blues. And then um, also, I hate like it's cooler ways to say whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to. But dis- never, I'm not but, dis- <laughs> but clearly something happens before this scene that you're talking that that we'll, we'll talk about now. Clearly something happens that makes both of these women think that he is starting to get more serious. I don't necessarily know what it what the moments were in the film that we as the audience are supposed to understand. But it's just like they both come at the same night. They both dress up in the dress that he gives them. He gives them both the same dress. It's, it's very sitcom-y. I mean, that's the thing, it's right? Very it's very sitcom-y. It's, like, it's, it's like it's this moment where the first, I agree, it's like the first sort of real moment in the film that has some dramatic tension For sure. going on. And it's and it's it's done in this sort of sitcom-y you know, kind which, of way. Uh, which honestly, I was, I'm fine with if that's the setup. I actually was like, no, this is cool, you know, so what's he gonna do? But I don't know. Do you want to talk about what happens? Because well, well, like this is what can this well, is what really confused me was like because he's like with Spike and he says he says I got it. Like don't worry, watch watch me work, watch me work. And you're like okay, let's see him do this. This feels awkward. This feels awkward to all of us. Not only did they both show because he he seemed like he, he, he Spike was like they're both here and he's like all right and they're both wearing the same dress that you bought them and then he's like oh shoot. I mean, this is tricky because I, I would say in my life, this I've been on, I've been in Denzel's instance, not the same outfit, but I've also been on the receiving it. So like I've been, like I've been in a situation where I've shown up and two women I've dealt with who kind of loosely knew about each other were there, and I've also been yes. in a situation 
where there was a woman who I knew had other dudes and I happened to be there and she happened to be there with the other dude. Yes. And like that was recent. And the thing is like there is a way that you to me there is a respectful way that you can handle this because obviously we live in a world where like like John said unless you like specifically say I'm only dating you to me especially in New York it is assumed like you said there's right. two or three other people and you're somewhere in that layout <laughs> which either is probably one, a, either you're two yeah, yeah you're somewhere in which there we you probably shouldn't do but that is for whatever reason that's what you do that's like the modern dating culture which is you just not know great. it's not it's like you're still you're weighing your options the entire time until right. you decide like this is the best option right. you know what i'm saying and so to me when he when he, we have this moment right and he goes at this point, Shadow is like talking to Clark and spitting game hard, right? Uh, Indigo is in there by herself. Indigo apparently the whole time peeped Clark over in the same office. When Denzel walks up, they have a conversation, and she gestures to. I hate that though. I hate that. To, I hate that. We that see that killed the dramatic tension for me because really? it's built. Well, we, there's this all this build of dramatic tension. Like, how's he gonna get it out of this? And then he comes up to her, and immediately she's like. She's already mad and she's already peeped it. And I was like, oh, we didn't even get to see him try before he failed. Like, he's already failed. So, well, well also, I think. 100%. Yeah. Right, James? 100%. It was like, he, he, and, they, and they really, they build up how he's going to work. Like, watch me work. That's watch scene, me work. That, that was my favorite scene of Spike's. I was like, oh, I like how Spike is re- reacting to this moment that he's trapped in. Like, I was, I was like digging that. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's see how he works. And then, like, he doesn't even get a chance to work. It was like, I'm so mad now. <laughs> That's, I, so I, think, mad. I think it's the thing. If, if you're going to set up a sitcom situation, right. you got to let it play out Stick like a sitcom. Because yeah. yeah. the, 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 how you let it play out like a sitcom is like, yeah. he's almost doing it. He's got, he, oh, he's going to do and it. it. And then it fails. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, I, I think it comes down to he had Spike had less interest in making in, in character study or drama than he had. Just he wanted to make a film about jazz. And go <laughs> what what right. an interesting yeah. part to me is that like watching right. this whole scene, it seemed like he was disinterested with those women. Because to me, at mm-hmm. this point, it's like you didn't give them a point to grieve or get upset. I guess we kind of get it later on, but at this point, you shortchanged it to go. You shortchanged the actress, I guess, who's your sister, because you took away the tension that that actress could have played in that scene quickly. Like, she dissolved it the moment he sat down. Right. So I'm like, now we don't now we don't have a really cool resolution. Also, now, these women, basically what you did to Indigo at that point is, you took a woman who said from the very beginning, I'm in school, like, I'm teaching, I'm not putting up with this shit, and you made her put up with it. Yes. Went, went out of fight. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say no smooth shit yeah, to yeah. keep her there. She already, before he came out, decided that this woman is here, and I'm going to stay. Doesn't tell him why. Doesn't even tell him why she decided yeah. to stay at that table. You know, you you were saying makes me think about sort of Spike's relationship with women and all of this. Right. Where I, he he's got this complicated relationship with women because because on one level you could argue he's done a lot for like black women in film. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, she's got to have it and you know, Jungle Fever. I mean, he he's he's not afraid of showing strong black women who mm-hmm. do their thing and, and, and that hasn't been done a ton yeah girl six too like totally. he, he so, knows his thing so but but yet he's sort of old school <laughs> and, yeah. and so so, so it's, it's almost like putting making them strong is like enough for him yeah and, and then without getting to the next level down which is well how are they behaving from scene to scene or, or what what's what's sort of it's the right. layers man the layers and it and then it's difficult it's like right after this moment like he dissolves it really quickly and now we have the sex scene between, I guess, all three of them, which is, you know, 
That was a cool kind of scene, though. This, this is what bothered me about the scene. I appreciated the direction of the scene. It was very much a male POV. That, that, again, this scene, again, this scene is so shortchanged because it's like, again, we, 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 get, we get the nudity shot of, of Clark. Uh, and then we also have, again, a straight up, like you said, John, a straight up man point of view. And it's like, again, everyone's giving him the choice to do something about it, right? And then I'm like, oh, maybe now we're going to have this conflict, this, this, this confrontation that we didn't get in the scene prior. And we don't. Yeah, you just said something for me. That, that that's my problem. He he's never. And this may have been the point, but he's never forced to make a decision. He's given opportunity after opportunity to to make a decision. Mm-hmm. He refu- he's basically stuck. He's just sort of frozen, yeah. and it's just, just going through it. And he's he's benefiting from some success success because he's just naturally a gifted player, or is naturally handsome, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then the decision's made for him. The scene at the end, which I guess we'll talk about, right? So he. But he never makes he never makes decisions in the entire film. Well, the decision, the decision forced upon him. The same with when this. he gets in the fight. The same mm-hmm. with this is essentially so. Basically, what happens is you have these two women that he's seeing this whole time, uh, and they're again like, I guess they're both they both make it known in the beginning of these relationships. The first time we see them, that they're not really cool with what's happening, but they're putting up. They are putting up with it, and they're very obviously putting up with it. And the more the movie goes on, the more they kind of like him. Then you have this, you know, they both come to the club scene. He literally says this very similar thing to both of them. I didn't invite her here. She just came on her own. You know, I'm really, I like you, which I feel like neither of them are supposed to believe, even in the movie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like they like they, they kind of accept it. But they don't really believe it. But isn't it real too? I mean, right. this, this distance between what you want to believe yes. and what you should believe. Totally. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that that's pretty. That real. is real. Yeah. So he says it to both of them. I don't know who he goes home with that night. But it's both technically. Well, right? I don't, I don't think it it was actually both. Yeah, but I think then, he's time shifting there. But then he, but then, which which again kind of took away the tension. Like he built up this tension and then completely undercut it with by that first line, and then like also didn't show us who because. Whoever he chose to take home that night, if they both stayed, which they, for all intents and purposes, did, because we didn't see either of them leave like mad, mm. um, and then they both sleep with him after, I I was a little bit upset that I was like, how did he get out of this? Like you didn't show nope. him get out of it. But then, so because what we are, what we see is like this dual shot of him. You know, he's in the bed. He's ha- he's having sex with both of them at different times. And in both instances, he says the other person's name. He makes the same. He makes the same mistake twice, which is hilarious. Uh, hey, yo, low key, can I tell you this one? That's Did you one make my, that mistake yourself? That's, that's one of my greatest fears. <laughs> like low key, like I, like I, that. To this one of day, your greatest fears. To this day, I have female friends who listen to this podcast. Uh, to this day, I don't say names. Like I, I, I rarely say names because consciously. Uh, yeah, I just don't, don't do it because because I even if I'm not hooking up with this person, I'm just very fearful because my mind thinks about a bunch of shit. I'm just scared I'm going to be like, oh, responding to a text from one friend and then call you the Wait, name respond of the to person. a text when? Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, if it's like a friend, I'm just saying. I'm just like, oh Respond to a text when? I'm just saying. Oh my God. I'm just afraid. So I, I will never say a name. I will always oh, say like some type of nickname, snap. which is almost general. Like, which is All almost right. a general name. Cool. Like, get this fear. It's a, like that's a right. horrible thing to do to somebody. Is to that's a horrible thing, name. and so they never, both. That's never happened to me. No, that's I, never happened. It hasn't, to me but either. I'm terrified of it. That's crazy. They both get mad. They both get mad at him. They both basically say the same thing, which is like, "This is horrible." Like it, it was. It was already enough that you were 
you're you're clearly seeing another woman, but like this is disrespectful. This has it's to true. stop. This is the end. And he says the boat, you know, don't. Why aren't you looking at me? This is because you can't communicate. Blah blah. blah all this stuff. And then he says essentially the same thing to them, which is, "This is how it is. You're in or out. You're in, you're out." And then they both go, "Well, I'm out." So instead of he doesn't choose, so he doesn't get both of them. Again, that I just I wish I felt more about this scene because it's actually really great. I liked how they filmed it. I love the way it shot. I thought it was cool. I thought yeah, it was shot, yeah, it was but, shot but really the thing cool. is, because there was no because we didn't get a sense that he cared about. I, here's my thing. I wish the film showed that he cared about both of them and he couldn't make a decision. And it was a struggle, yes. It was but to struggle. me, what it showed was he didn't care about either of them. And then when they both yeah. left, he was upset. And I was like, what? He was just lonely. That's one, one of the main yeah, conceits. And I, and I think I n- never understood, even even by the end, I never understood if he loved if he loved either one of them. Yep. Right. Like yep. Even and though we see what we see in the end and it, con- it concludes the way that it concludes, like, like even in that, there was never a moment where I was like, "Well, this is the the woman that he loves." But maybe that's a know, thing, right? Because I mean, there's, right. there's 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 a thing that goes on throughout the film. I think Shadow says that Wesley Snipes cares. Like, you know, it's all about you, right? If you're, you're just playing your song, your thing, your thing, he's gonna be here to entertain people, right? He's there right. doing his thing, and if they're entertained, great. If the audience is not entertained, who gives a damn, right? Right. And versus Wesley saying, "Like, yeah, you know, you gotta want an audience. You gotta right. want to communicate right. to people, right?" And so he's like self-absorbed. He's super selfish. To me. There's some realness in that. I mean, if you argue, he didn't care about any one of them because he's about his own self-gratification. I mean, I struggle with that as an artist. I mean, it's, For sure. it's like the level, going back to the whiplash thing, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like the level of selfishness you need and the level of narcissism or self-absorption <laughs> to push something forward that on its face is like next to impossible, right? right? The odds of any one of us at this table being the next whatever, right? And, and, and something that is, right. you're constantly up against, you know, 80 million other people. So you've got to have this sort of self-absorption, right? See, but, I wish, I, but I wish they showed yeah. that. That's I know, because like, that's the other, I that's wish my they only showed other that. thing. Is like, if that was it, if, then you got to show me a stronger relationship with him and his music because he doesn't have it in this film. When he plays music, and he plays, I actually thought he did a really good job. That at, one scene I, I believe so him as a player. Great. Well, my I believe, the scene, can I just talk yeah, about the ahead. scene? The scene that I really did love in this movie that was like one of those unique Spike Lee shots that I was like, this is dope, was when he's pra- practicing playing the trumpet, not actually playing, mm. and like just imagining, you know, and, and mm. sounding out the notes in his head. And he's like, and he's just like listening to it. And, and then the camera kind of goes in this and it's like circling around him doing that. And then you have Clark come in and she's like, talking to him you are you're so focused on blah blah blah, and we hear and then she slowly kind of just fades out and she's doing her acting is great because she's doing all these like faces at him like and she knows what's happening so she's like self-aware about it like doing these faces but he's not hearing her which is like really funny to guy because i'm like yo i've definitely been so focused on doing something that somebody's like talking to me and i'm trying i'm pretending to listen to them and then i just don't listen to them you know, and 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 you just be like, "Hey, are you paying attention?" It's like, "Oh no, I wasn't at all," because yeah. I'm so focused. That was a time where I was like, "Oh, he really does care about the music," but we never get to see any the ambition of like. Basically, the only thing we see with him in his career is this whole uh, wanting to get paid more, which is which just felt like 
But it wasn't even him. It was the crew who wanted to get paid. Well, it was like him right. a little he was, he was bit. Cool. But it, he was like kind of he was he was cool with waiting. And the crew was upset. And they're like, we keep packing in this house. And it just we never hear him talk like we hear Wesley Snipes talk about his dreams and aspirations of this is what I would do if I had the band, right? And we never he seems completely complacent with which where he is, which maybe Sad. that's the point. I don't know. I but I guess my thing is yeah. like if he's so complacent with where he is, then like. Why doesn't he have time for them? Also, if he's so complacent where he is, why am I watching? Like, why am I why am I watching a character go through something that like he doesn't care about? To me, like as when you write characters, when you go through like even right. as a performer, like, like is he happy in his life? Yeah. To me, the whole point is to have some type of conflict, even if it's eternal conflict. Great. Mm-hmm. Like one of the one of the great movies I think that shows a character who doesn't change over time is Nightcrawler because that character that Jake Gyllenhaal plays starts off messed yeah. up. It ends messed up. But throughout that movie, there's times where he could change, and he doesn't. And he tells you every time, for what? Like, if Denzel's going to be this guy, like you said, John, like, if he's going to break up with these women and be like, you can leave, he's just needed a line of like, hey, man, I'm good. I got my music. And just show me how determined he is. The one thing I will say that this movie could have, I know Blue came out later, but like the one thing it could adapt was, is that that kid goes through madness to achieve this goal that he thinks. Goes through punishment. And he does it all with the hopes that he will be great one day. And if that's Denzel's goal to be great, show me what he's willing show me he's willing to sacrifice yeah, these women. Yeah, show me he's willing to sacrifice his friends. Show me he's willing to give up everything just to achieve this goal so that when it gets to the point where he can't perform anymore, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Cause when he ended, in my mind, I'm like, oh, his slip a heel. Like in my head, I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Oh. Uh, it was hard. That was heartbreaking. I I think they said. I thought they set that up. They did like because you know he kept licking his li- like he kept touching his lips. That's a nice little detail, actually. I like that. Little yeah, movie. that's so yeah. Denzel. That little two yeah. fingers on the little two fingers yeah. on the lips. So, he did that the so whole <laughs> movie. There was a there was the scene where Clark, when they're making out, she bites him on the lip, right. and he gets so upset, like unreasonably upset. And then, but he says, you know, my lips are that's my you know. In- she doesn't say instrument, but. Uh, He's like, that's my job. Like that, yeah, I make li- money. I, I live on my lips. Bitch. I live on my so, lips. So, so is that, I make a living on my lips. Is that a thing? Would he? Oh God! Would yeah. you? Would you not be able to perform after that? Oh God! Yeah. I really? Saw, I did a gig once at uh, the Brooklyn Navy Yard, uh-huh. and I had a horn section with me, mm. and uh, it was the, the crowd got a little drunk, and they were dancing, and one guy uh, bumped into my trumpet player and pushed his valve up to his uh, cut his lip, and he couldn't play. The rest of the gig, really, yeah, and he flipped out. He's like, This that same kind of flip out that Denzel had, he had the exact same flip out. Like, this is my living. Oh, my, I mean, yeah, it's real. Oh, so I, yeah, that's because because at first when it went down, I was like, Oh, yeah, this is messed up, but in my mind, I'm like, Oh, he will be fine. I didn't know that, like, he no, it's real, man. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I play harmonica, I get like a canker sore, and I, I can barely play harmonica. Oh, I mean, really? It's like your mouth yeah. is a sensitive thing, man. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought, I mean, it, I likened it to a sport injury that like takes you out. The thing is, like, even if it doesn't take you out for a lifetime, all it has to do is take you out for a, a night. Cu- yeah, it just has to One take night, you out man. for a couple of like, and for I think it's his case, it's like it took him out long enough that like. To, for him to get back, it, he ha- he would have to go through so much, yeah. and you know what I mean. Trumpet's also a thing, man, where you gotta like play every that's, that's, day. Yeah, exactly. like, you lose your chops like that, right? That's really? you, you, you stop playing guitar for like yeah. a week or two, and your calluses go away a little bit. But you stop playing trumpet for a week, man. I mean, it's like you gotta play every day. And he, right, yeah, he pra- he practiced for what, like two hours a day, or was yeah, exactly. it, what was established that he, he yeah. 
two hours a day. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought that was fascinating. I, to me, like the best, not the best part. Yeah, whatever. The best part of this movie. Say it. Come on. Yeah, man. The best part of this movie is when he got his ass whooped. Like no offense. Like to For me, sure. it's like yeah. the most exciting no, part. Yeah, of the movie. I agree. Because he did something. Because he cared about he selfless. He was selfless. He, he was selfless. Time. He cared about something. It actually, it was the first. That part was the first time the themes of the movie it like played out in a way where we understood the stakes of the scene. We understood the conflict. Uh, this you know the choice that the character had to make yep. and then we cared about the choice that he made and, and felt bad about the consequences, mm-hmm. you know? And essentially this scene is because, you know, <laughs> uh, giant keeps losing money, just constantly losing money on betting. He's a, he's like getting beat up by his money. His first off, bookies. my God, that, that, that beating was aggressive. It was, it was that's, pretty, aggressive. that's pretty good scene, man. I mean, that, that beating was aggressive. Makeup even by the, the makeup held up. I mean, yeah. the teeth thing was a little, oh, the hospital's a little. Well, the one thing I did like though, he going. did something that I think is very, honestly, this movie is shot beautifully. Again, we keep saying it. There's a scene where it's like Spike is almost, and I saw him do it in the beginning of Do the Right Thing, where like, even it's better in this one to me. It's like he's, he's, he, he's lit, but behind him is just black. Right. So you really focus on him, and it's just like the punches, and it's just I'm like, oh man, this is a very interesting shot because all you can focus on is him being beat, right? Like this, I mean that it's visceral, it, it, and it's funny all those scenes that go on like a minute too long, like the fight scene is arguably oh the fight scene is long, but it works. But long. that one works. No, you're right, that <laughs> works yeah. because it it shows the viciousness of the beating, and it makes you as a viewer understand why Denzel would jump in the way that he does, even though. He's risking something as well, and for me, I'm kind of pissed off at because he's 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 defending him for something so stupid. I mean, it's like this guy's that get defended because he's been brought he's a gambling act or whatever. I know. So it's like it's, this guy's about fault. to lose his career for a dude who's just a flake versus something. I mean, it's, it's noble that he's jumping in. What is the thing? But I wish it was no, more of a noble. Tra- I think it's like actually tragic. What is my thing? He he, he might Spike had a problem, but he wasn't a flake to me though. Because I think about, I have a friend who's been through a lot. And the thing is, I think about it to this day. And it's like, no matter how, no matter the fuck the things that he has done, I, I know that even to this day, if I called him, like say, say we got robbed right now. I know if I called him, him and whoever he knows would be here as quickly as possible. And I right. think that's what kind of Spike was to him. You're right. You're totally Spike, true. Spike was the man who had his back since third grade, no yep. matter what. And it's interesting because there is a, a gut reaction to defend somebody. So I do like that Denzel jumped in to help his friend, but it's, it's it sucks because yeah. you didn't get to see you didn't get to see Spike really defend Denzel throughout the movie enough to warrant Denzel's just jump. Like my thing is like that was that was like seeing your wife, your kid, or somebody get beat up the way he jumped in there. Yeah. I was like you didn't earn, you haven't earned that yet, really. Right? Well, yeah, I'm like, I'll right. go, I, I might challenge. But I, I think, mean, but I do, do think that I'm like. like What's what also what also is kind of nice about it though too is like is how it it's it is kind of tragic that like he makes this decision to to like he, he they kept telling him to cut giant cut giant off a long time ago right like everyone like the the, the movie starts with like the people being like you know Indigo. he's a bad manager like he's not a good yeah. manager Indigo says um yeah. and like and and I wonder if. If like had he cut him off sooner, if we w- even would have 
if we even would be in the situation that we're in now. So it is also kind of like, it's like his vices, giant and the music that he's so obsessed with, like it, like it folds in on itself, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. like these things, these bad choices that he's made or these, these lack of choices that he's, that he's made are now folding in on themselves and are, are being, are his biggest issue. I thought that relationship between him was really real. I mean, having, I've, I've worked like a lot of, not a lot, but enough like old school blues musicians, soul musicians, you know, musicians sort of came up mm -hmm. in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and I sort of met them at the tail end of their career. So they're older than Denzel's in this film. But there is a thing of like artists who keep these quote unquote managers around them who are so underqualified <laughs> to work with them, right. but they're the only people they trust. You know, right. it, it's like the Chuck Berry thing or the, you know, pick any sort of old school musician. They all have got these people who are either like a relative or they've known, you know, the person since they were a kid. Right. And so they've got their trust. And, and that in and of itself is like the only value that they need to right. have. Right. And Denzel says that at some point. His character says, like, I, tr I trust them. I don't trust you. Like, he's talking to them. Yeah. People who yeah. might take your career 10 feet further, right. but you can't trust them to hold like the cash at the end of right. the day. Right. Yeah. I don't trust you. Which is which was cool. I liked again everything set up in this movie. I liked. I just didn't think it was necessarily. It was set up. Though. It was just set. It was just setups. That's true, man. It, it was, was a set bunch up of setups with a couple of like a couple of. It's like we saw the beginning and we saw the end, and we were and <laughs> we were like, wait, what, what, what the middle though? <laughs> but you have yeah. to connect with these two points. Like, I mean, this is great, but like I wonder, that, I wonder, I wonder how I, I wonder. I mean, to me, there's there's pieces of like black culture in that film that are tried and true. I mean, right. so like you know, who do you trust? This kind of thing, or, or, or you know, the notion of you know, family or womanizing, right. all these sort of legacy things that you know, black men have been handed down, or, or black people in general have been handed down. Right. Uh, and I, and I still I, I find a lot of those themes in this film still hold up and speak true, even if they're right. executed in a way that's dated or, or not full. Because I think part of the film is, date, is I think part of the, the film suffers partly from being dated right. because it's a product of its time, right? And partly because Spike didn't think it all the way, right. way through fully. But despite that, I find it an interesting and still largely accurate snapshot of, a, of, a, of, a, of an aspect of black culture. Right. Um, right. That and I wonder. I'd be curious to see what a, what a black woman would think of this film. You know, like I am very. Yeah, I'd, very I'd, I'd love for someone to see yes. that and like well, and like write in. Because right. the other thing I was going <laughs> to say about that this that scene about the the both of them like talking to him after they after he's said the other woman's name while sleeping with them was and I felt the same way actually when we first met them was like and the fact that they were both wearing the same dress like the move. At, the movie was almost trying to tell you that these women are exactly the same, which mm. for me took away, like, I know that's how Denzel was viewing them, like, and we're seeing everything through his eyes, so, sort of, and the idea is that he can't make this decision and he likes both of them, but it was hard, other than their appearance and the fact that Clark wanted to sing and Indigo was a teacher, uh, so much of what they did was so similar, even to the point where you have a scene where they're literally saying the exact same thing, and he like, he like doesn't even know who he's talking to. <laughs> it just like took away from their individual characters, so that I, I even me as an audience couldn't make couldn't be like, hmm, like where where are these people at? Which maybe that's the point, but it it 
it does do a disservice to the women I in the film. I just want to know why he liked either one of them. Like, I still am confused on like, because again, but that's what I'm saying though. Yeah. It's like we we didn't know why he liked either of them because or we if didn't, he did, or if he did, because we didn't see their distinct personalities because their personalities wound up being so similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it goes back to you know, if Spike was interested in writing female characters as much as he was interested in putting strong female types in films, right? Got kind of different yeah. things, right? Right. Yeah. Then he might have used them to help tell Bleak's. Than to watch that's the story, exactly, that's right? right? Yeah, because still archetype. It's like, oh yeah, we know black women are very strong, willed, very strong, cool. Like, I'm gonna just put you in there. Like instead of putting like sassy black women in, he was like, oh, the other verse is like you're strong and tough, and they don't play that shit. And it's like, cool, you put that in, I guess. But like they have literally no layers whatsoever, and it's difficult because even after this, and Denzel, I guess, is ready to make his comeback. I guess there's that one scene with him with a beard and like laying around that, that, a bunch I, of That's music. my least favorite scene in the whole film. But my thing is, it's is that supposed scene. to be the struggle? Well, I think that's supposed to be the like his like lowest point. It's he gets beat up, he's in the hospital, you see his face is all messed up, you kind of understand, oh, he's not gonna be able to play the trumpet. And he can't. And so he's lost both of these women, he's lost all of his ability to play the trumpet or whatever. So he lost his band. And, you know, it's like kind of one of those generic scenes where it's just like he's at a low point. It's it's like a scene that Will Ferrell would parody. Yeah, he's at a a low point in his life and he's literally allowed himself to grow a beard and he's like mumbling to himself like sitting on trash. Putting like a two-inch tape (laughs) between his earphone and his ear. This is a weird scene where he takes like a whole piece of What does that do? What is that? Nothing. It was was bizarre. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like if I took like a CD and like rubbed it on my ear. I don't know what it was. It was really bizarre. Then when uh, he shows up, I'm like, when he shows up, I'm like, what kind of emotion am I supposed to feel for him? Like, am I like, I knew he was gonna bomb this thing, but oh, I'm did like, you? I didn't. I, well, that was weird too because I, I I was surprised about because you think on one level like he played before the gig, you just don't show up and having never. Played well, my thing was they set up to me. They, <laughs> what they were trying to, they were trying to set up like, yo, music <laughs> is his life, and the only way for this music, only way for this movie to end was for me for him to be bad. So I knew the moment he got in there. And the thing that's so interesting is, again... We also missed the part where he called... Oh, each woman, right? He called each woman. Begging her back. Begging to have them back. And it was just like... And then Wesley goes, I need to hear this. That was so fucked up. But it was just like... To me, that was real, though. Oh, it is. That's that's actually some real dude That was real. (laughs) That was real. I've made a move or two like that. He's just like, you call... But he, he like, called each one just... I just... If one of them picks up, then that's the one I'll go. Right. You knew that's what it was. Ha- yeah. Like it's setting up the end of this movie, which is like whoever will take whoever will take me is the one I'll pick. Because like Brett, I, don't, I still don't actually care about either. Brett, that's the hate. Kind of unlikable, but it's interesting. He's yeah. like an unlikable lead in that regard, similar yeah. to the uh, the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal thing. Yeah, because like he like he hits you with the big hate. Um, hey, big head is like, oh, I'm gonna send this out to a lot of the people in my phone. First one to respond. That's what I'm about to be with tonight. Like that's 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 what the hey big head Texas is like. Yo, what you doing? Like where you at? You, up? you exactly. And we get to this end. He has his moment, and I do love the fact that for as much as a dog, they made Shadow to be. I do like that Wesley was there to help him when he got beat up. 
Like, yo, they hurt my friend. Like, he's there trying right. to pick. That's our showbiz, though, right? He breaks up and says, like, my close personal friend. I love I mean, you, brother. Like, I stole your band. I stole your woman. What? Well, this is my thing. I love what, you. Well, this is my, this is my, this is my, this is my <laughs> thing about it. This is my there, thing about it. I that. know. But I, but, but I don't think he did. I don't think he, did. Did I don't think he stole mo- anything. I know because, no, he definitely didn't. No, but we did I, have that I moment. Think he did, man. We did have that moment, though, when he did get beat up, that Wesley Snipes came out and actually did care. Of, That's true. And, and was upset. He so, literally went straight to his mouth and put pressure on his lip. The moment Wesley came he out, he felt bad, and he and and he got mad and upset at John Turturro. And we, we didn't even talk about them, but those two, the owners of the club, who were like, "Go back and play." He's like, "I'm a whole play." Like, all right, you're yeah. upset. Of course, Spike I'm got, upset. Spike got shit for that at the time. There was like a whole like anti defamation. Yes, I read about this. Thing wow, about what, what? About the portrayal of John Turturro and Giancarlo, like the the Jewish nightclub. Owners, okay, I will say this. We were talking about them. I hated those two characters because I felt like those characters weren't real. I felt like those characters were made so to be straight up malicious and evil. Because my thing is, there was one point, there's one <laughs> so scene. So you, you definitely, you agree oh, with I, I, I hated how they portrayed <laughs> right. them, especially John Turturro's character because at one point, they gave no fucks about any of the people. And then there's um, a time, like, like right before this, right before Spike Lee gets beat up, they call him up to the top and it's just a shot it's just them like smiling very like yes there is like Dr. a literal evil like <laughs> and like I know, signaling them I know exactly right what you're moment. talking about literally what the moment was was they were like they said uh, they said we would we really want to we just don't we just we don't have it you know if we had it we'll, we would give it to it they're eating lobster we would give shit. it to you and he said you don't have it <laughs> this place is packed every night it's $25 to get in there's a three drink minimum and you have to buy food you guys are making ham yeah. over fist. And as he's saying this, they literally just smile like to each other. They like smile. No, like like at, to each other, but like also yeah. at him. Yeah. Like we know, we know we're making money. And we're it's kind of real too, though. <laughs> yeah. I played a lot of nightclubs, man. It's kind of real. No, he's but just I'm, smiling like, yeah, we we is making a lot of money. But we're my thing is, you, you made them. You. If you gonna make them villains, then I don't. Maybe they gotta be behind it because at one point you gave them no. You made them just a straight villain the whole time. Well, they were caricatures. They were caricatures. Yeah, yeah, I think they were more cartoons. I and I loved these guys. Uh, I wanted uh. more of them, honestly. <laughs> like, no. Like, there's a part. There's a part when uh, when uh, John Turturro says he, it's like some kind of like vague threat. Like, it's some kind of vague threat. And then I don't remember what he said. He's like, "I'm kidding, but get the fuck out of here," or he whatever said, it is. And said, I I loved it. I loved that's exactly them. what he said. He said, I'll sue you. Now. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I, I really will sue you. At the time, I think Spike's, <laughs> Right, yeah, but we really will sue you. Yeah. <laughs> I think Spike's argument for those who were like pissed off those you know, stereotypical... Of uh, Jewish and, people. Which Jewish I actually people, didn't know that they his, were Jewish. His though. thing was like saying, well, people have been stereotypical against us all along, so that, why, yeah. why can't I be? <laughs> he essentially pulled argument. the black card. That's what he did. Yeah, doing. I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, I get he what did. he's going he for. Like, well, he was like, yo, you really going to come at me? He said, yo, Hollywood's been racist this whole time against black people. And you're going to come at me for two characters in a movie? Nah, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's just like, I, it, it was difficult. I, I honestly hate, and I really like John Turturro. Like, every time Jesus shows up in a movie, I'm like, yo. I like the caricature of. Like, but he was, it was just so. I mean, I the first time I we see it. them, I again, follow up, but do the right, I mean, his role in Do the Right Thing was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was in the neediest so of roles, right? Yeah, and Andy, and did he do game show right before after this? Like, but then he was in game show planning. I was like, you. I felt disrespected for him. I was like, I hated that you had to do this. I hate it. And the thing is, I could tell he probably was coached to do it like that. Like, oh, well, dude, they it was literally, a whole, it was a comedic, they were, they were there for comedic relief. Because they literally, the hey, first John Turturro, John Turturro shows up in one of the Transformers 
wearing a thong that has. <laughs> hey, bro, why are we talking about Transformers right now? Baby? Okay, John Turturro's no, not embarrassed right. to play hey, this. Hey, 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 I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. He is right. I'm not doing this. John Turturro. I'm not doing this with y'all. I'm not doing this with y'all. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> I never. I don't know what you're talking about. What movie? One of the Transformers. I don't know. I think the whole club in the movie in the Turturro is. Because part of this film is like you're talking about with the uh, La La Land. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a celebration of old old Hollywood yeah. and old jazz clubs and the Cotton Club. There's, yeah. there's a Cotton Club movie with Gregory Hines. I yep. I mean, so I think I think if Spike had maybe t- ten more million dollars, mm-hmm. you know, you might have like got the grandiosity of that even more. But ten million is still low budget. Yeah, still, e, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but I think he's, I think he was trying to like. Amongst a million other things he's trying to do, trying to give this sort of homage to this the glory days of the jazz age and yeah. you know the sort of you know old Hollywood RKO kind of thing, yeah. and I think they were part of that. Tortura and and, and SPG were part of that world. Right. But I think it's hard to like maybe pick up on that because ultimately suffers from like you know I have money to do that, and yeah. he's also trying to do twenty other things. I, mean, I wish he I wish he did like three things in this film. Right. Yeah. And dug I, in. Yeah. I, yes. Exactly. I, I, do we do we even talk about it? Like I'm not gonna lie to you. This end was. Utter. Before we get to the end, I just want to say, I did. I also, I just want to say what else I enjoyed about the film. I did enjoy the scene right before the beating, beating up, where he's playing like super hard, and it's it's almost like he's playing the best he ever could just to buy him time to leave the stage, which was kind right, of interesting. Right. It's a whiplash scene. That was yeah, a yeah, scene. yeah. It was uh, like that whole that whole sequence of events. I mean, we already talked about how the fight was great. So, like, that whole sequence of events was interesting, probably because it was <laughs> finally something happening. And what was the other thing? We could talk about musically for one second. Oh, yes. Th- that's a complex musical scene, right? Okay. So th- that, yes. that, 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 like, I mean, that's not jazz light. I mean, it's like, it's right. like speed. It's like, you know, it's hard bop, right? Yes. Everyone's playing really fast, really hard, lots of notes. Everyone's playing counterpoint to each other. Right. So, you think about, we talked about at the beginning, like, where the entry point is for jazz. Mm. It's, it's hard when. Everyone's playing at that speed and that many notes and basically playing something different. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's a hard thing to listen to, right? Yeah. Versus, you know, okay, let me just focus on what the bass player is doing. Let me just focus on what the trumpet player is doing. Right. Which, you know, with, with slower tunes, you can sort of pick one instrument and just hear that from start to finish. You know, and, and then right. maybe go back here again and now listen to the bass player and see what they're doing. And that's kind of jazz, right? I mean, the, the cliche is players are having a conversation with each other. It's, it's a conversation. Yeah. Right? So I'm, 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 I'm playing something. It's inspiring you to have a response, you know, and that inspires you to have another response. Right. And then you answer to that, and then I answer to that, mm. and we're all now playing. Right. Jazz. It's like improv. I mean, right. really, right? Mm. You right. sort of like you, you give a line, and it inspires me to say something else. And that's what jazz is, right? But when those conversations happen really fast, it's like if I go to Spain and I'm hearing a bunch of people in you know, Barcelona speaking really as fast as they speak, I can't understand what the hell's going on. Right. Versus if I go somewhere else and speak a little bit slower, I can deal with it. So I think jazz, a lot of those musical conversations in that movie are really slow and they're really kind of beginners. Mm. And then that one, all of a sudden, it's like... It's like craziness. It's a lot, yeah. But it's really musical also. It's really intense. But I think... I'm glad he had that in there musically, right? You know, for for one moment of a little heartier sort of, uh, right. you know, uh, musical moment. What and then what about the Mo Mo Better Blues like song that he does? Like he's like because they like practice it and then and then he's like this is not a love song, but then it winds up being a love song. I, I, I don't remember it. Da, na, 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 na. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is so simple when you're... That's the entire song. Yeah. It's... I don't know. To me, this... That's part of the genius of Spike Lee as a marketer. Right. I mean, like, that's, I, I'm pretty sure that song was like on the billboard. <laughs> right. I, I, it, it was like people knew that song because right. you could hum it. It's like a pop song. It's, yeah. it's so damn simple. I got to think he like did that like really consciously, yeah. like really like built it up. As it's, it's called the name of the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Because he's new. Yeah. His audience could only absorb something as complicated as that. Right. Right. I, I think it's, I, I just, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, uh, and then the uh, last thing I just want to talk about was Charlie Murphy and uh, wait, who's the other dude? Who's the dude with him? I can't think about. Who's the dude? Oh, he's two doormen. The, the, the doormen. Two doormen. Did yeah. you like? I thought they were funny. I thought I liked. I liked those yeah, little. Uh, <laughs> this you could do a whole like show on like the uh, history of like black doormen in movies. Yeah, I thought those like, were funny. Honestly, no, I mean I think they were fun. Like, uh, like Sam Jackson popping up, I thought it was like cool too. I was like, oh yeah, he just he just breaking fingers. Cool. Was, like pulp, was that before or after Pulp Fiction? This is before Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction yeah, came out of what ninety two. That was a very Pulp Fictiony character. His character that was. Yeah. I mean, but I also, it. didn't we hear him on the radio before we see him? Was that just me? Oh, oh senior probably. love daddy. Yes, yeah, he did, he, right. He, he yeah. praised the senior love he daddy. He praised the senior love daddy, and I was like, I was like, oh, and yeah. then you see him as a gay character, and you're just like, yeah, wait, yeah, what? Totally, <laughs> catch up on that. that <laughs> totally right. We catch. hear him on the radio. Yeah, we do. Senior Love Daddy's on the radio yeah, in the car. So it was like a weird. Oh, and Robin Harris was just, just doing stand up. He was funny. He was doing, doing stand up. But that's another thing. What, God, you think about like how things date themselves because his bits were pretty harsh. Yes, his bit. I know. I was listening yeah. to those bits. bits. I was like, you cannot do these bits you, you today. You can say a bit now. I like an ugly woman. <laughs> like, yeah, fat. There's, like, a, you know, there's oh. a part when, um, uh, since we're talking about Charlie Murphy and the other com- random comedians that show up, there's a part when. When Charlie Murphy is like ro- the part when he's like roasting uh, Giant and talking about how like uh, he's like I can't remember the exact part in the movie, but there's a part where Spike Lee clearly breaks and they and he left it in and I, f- I find it very interesting that oh yeah they chose to do that. Um, that was yeah. the best take. It felt like that dressing room. There were some dressing room scenes. Some of the group scenes seemed like heavy on, heavy on the improv. They left yeah. a lot. They were like he oh, left a lot takes. of stuff in and that that that. <laughs> Those, oh my God! The whole Jean Carlo and the white and the French uh, French woman, yeah. French woman, right? That yeah, was, it seemed like it was all improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did seem like a lot of it was improv. I do like when they put the the, the, the black naked model black right, yeah, just right in front of. Them. Put the what? They put like the naked just black like a naked woman, black just, like, woman directly like, in front and they of his on, mirror. Uh, on his mirror. And he's like, "This is my space. <laughs> okay, you have your uh, this is my space." <laughs> that thing was funny. He was trying to say that they were racist because she was white, and they were like, "No, no she's, she's just not allowed back not here." Not allowed back yeah, here. It's, it's, a, it's boys' town. Honestly, oh. I'm ready. I hate this end, bro. All right, yeah. So Honestly, ending, I don't even want to talk about. It. Well, yeah, the ending is like, what was the point? Bizarre. Well, well, here's the thing that was confusing well, about it. Too. What I liked, okay, what I did like, I really, really liked the jazz underscoring the montage of this, like a lot. Um, I don't think yeah. I necessarily like. I didn't. Uh, well, so I hated the scene where he's. If 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 I'm skipping this moment, I hate. I don't. I'll talk about it. I hated when he runs to her and he's like, and he's like, I, she's like, you want me to fix you, and he's like, I want you to fix me, and then he basically just he says, fix stares he at her, her into and it. grabs her, and for yeah, Save and forces that. her into Save the me. rest Save of me. her life with it. Right. Well, what was weird about that was I couldn't tell because there was a scene before that. Where he was talking to her like 
I forgot if it was like near a bridge or somewhere outside. And, and, uh, remember he was like talking to her like about, yeah. And they're, they're talking about what their first, who their first loves were. Who their first right. loves I thought, were. I believe in love. And yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I was like, I thought I was, that scene was interesting because I thought, okay. So I know like sweet. we, this whole podcast we've been going, what was the point of this moment or what was the point of that? And maybe there's no actual like, hard point for any of these things right it's kind of what we're <laughs> learning a little bit yeah. but i but when that scene first happened i was like oh he's remembering this moment right now because this is the woman that he loved if okay. he loved one of them it's her that's what i thought the point of that moment was got it i i, I could, thought by that yeah I, that. I thought they were connecting i thought they were like connecting uh like again like re refreshing their relationship but then we see him go to the club he tries to like what's his name the rest of it? he tries to play he can't play because his lips are too badly you know broken he he walks out of there by the way lips have no bones no they, they're not broken they were busted i don't want to be I'm a, I'm a guest and all but i'm just saying good job i'm happy you did that <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't let that he, he would have done it to you i couldn't let that pass he would have done busted. it to you <laughs> Just know he would have done it very quickly. Everyone Good job. I know. Lips I also have no bones. I also heard me say broken, and I was like, "I'm gonna let it go." <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you for that. His lips were too busted, and the other thing that I thought was funny about this was that he walks out, and <laughs> Spike Lee's like, "Like, don't worry, you'll play again." You'll, and I'm like, "Nigga, you don't reason." This dude's lips are busted. Don't shout at him. You'll play again. As the, you have a fo- cane. But the follow-up is Greg says, I'm not going to sell it. He gets a dental in the dress. I'm not going to sell it. That's actually one of the best lines in the movie. I was like, I'm not going to sell it. I'm, like, I'm not going to sell it. Uh, I'll let y'all finish. going to sell it. He's so, going to totally fucking sell so it. So messed up. I can't, like, and then, yeah, so then, and then he calls her because... And she already knows. She already knows you're only calling me because you can't play no more. You don't have music. And she's like, I know this. And he, she's like, you just want me to fix you or save you. Yes, please save me. Please save me. Please save me. They kiss. And then they're married. I know. The only, the, they, oh, no. That, he says, he says, let me. A boy. Give, me a, give me a boy. Give me a boy. It's pretty he, disturbing. I think he literally says, There's give me a boy. He, he totally does. He absolutely does. Which is like, all of, I was just like. Where is this woman it's so in pathetic. her life? It's so pathetic, and then and, it, and I can't buy it, and it makes me cringe. And but then I think, God, is it is it is it real on any level? Because well, I my mean, thing is, I, I, like watching, I, I was like, think I think, I, think are... I I do think, especially black women are some of the most supportive women. I think they put up with more shit than they have to. But I'm not sure if a black woman would be would like know those things, say them to somebody, and then just ignore it. Like she said, she's she's right. You only hear it's dark. She still ain't got no well, light. She spoke on. truth, man. She spoke truth. Like she said it, said it to his face. I think that part was real. But then two seconds later, like this, there's no Here's point my, in this movie where this man wooed her. Yeah, because that's my thing. Is like, it, I guess I don't it doesn't think she, matter if it's real or not. Like it might be real, but my thing is the movie ends in a, on a note that makes it seem like it's supposed. To, we're all supposed to be happy right now, because especially how it mirrors the first scene yeah. and it's like oh the, he's got his own family now and he's got his own it's kid totally hackneyed it's totally hackneyed it's it's, yeah. it's sitcom-y and that kind of yeah like but i'm just putting out there because you sort of hit upon it like black women being so supportive yeah. and, and and take black or white out of it maybe just you do do women i mean a lot of black women sell themselves short with a lot of 
dogs. Yeah, deal with cat. <laughs> so I, I just, you know, is, is there any part of this that is like, you know, maybe she, you know, there's, some, there's something she needs or wants, and then and then the fr- and then the last part of thought is, then you see the end, and he's sort of like a domesticated dog. No man, this so is my did, thing. Did, did she see it? No, nah, this is my right. thing. Then you give her that you. If you're gonna do that, you give that woman that speech. You you like my thing is she tell right, me exactly. tell me yep. why she said yes. Yep. Yep. Don't right. don't disservice her like that. Cause the thing is, like, that's just fucking disrespectful. It's like if you're about to sit here and like big up women, fucking show why she yep. gives a shit. Yes. Because yes. you didn't give her any urgency. Boom. You Boom. didn't give the other woman any urgency besides being like, oh, she wants yeah. to sing. Right. And now I'm supposed to be I'm I'm supposed to believe. I'm supposed to believe exactly. that this black woman who owns a house, mind you. Almost a fucking oh, right. house is going to just that take was this dude back. Wait, was she talking to herself, by the way? Because at first I thought she was with her mom, but then but then I realized, like, no, that's her That's her place, yeah, right? Yeah, that's her You're, you're telling me. You're telling, <laughs> and she was just talking to herself, like, this man. I think she literally says something like, ah, he, he was knocking at my door at night. And you're like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, you're telling me. You're telling me. Because let's be real. Let's be real. Women, period. When, 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 you, when, you, when you meet somebody, like, you know, what do you do? And you're about to sit here and tell me you're about to be a brother. With no job, who's selfish, and you about to just show up on a black woman's door? Nick, what? <laughs> what? Do you know? Do you think about it? Do you know a black woman in your life that's going to let a dude who just ain't no offense, ain't worth shit, just into their house and just be like, "Yeah, I got you." I must. I'm. A, no, let me tell you why. Because they're better than that. Like you're not telling me this woman doesn't deserve more. And the thing is, if she decides like, "Oh, you know what? I'm willing to fix you, brother." Tell me why she wants to do it. That's it. Just give me the it, give her the gratification. It would have. It would have made sense if in the movie leading up to it, we saw him actually care about both of them so that there was actual love in the, the, the either of these yeah, relationships. But I don't know. I, I think it's more than I, I like the other point right. about it. I, I think yeah, give the, her the critical flaws agency. give her two more layers of depth right. yeah. and, and show me why no, she came out. Because I, I think That's it true. is plausible and, 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 and conceivable that a woman in her position still – would like take him in, but I gotta. Know I, just, why. I just gotta know why. Hey, yo, man, fuck this. Can I talk to Hollywood why. real quick? Oh, okay. Cause this is my thing. I need to talk to Hollywood because I've been. We've been doing this podcast, and more and more we do these movies with a black lead. Sometimes written and directed by a black man. I'm like, bro, we not taking care of these black women in these motherfucking movies, right. bro. And the thing is, this shit's starting to piss me off because after watching Black Panther, I can see a movie. I'm gonna okay. keep referring to yeah. it because I can see a movie where you have black women as your equal and still have the black man be the lead and have his own story, right. and we don't have to shortchange black women. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, getting kind of like. Like making me fucked up in the head is that I keep watching these movies that's supposed to be great. It's supposed to be like by these 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 black men who like give a shit. And when I watch it, you obviously either are trying and hasn't consulted a black woman. Like you're telling me you have this movie, right? I'm supposed to believe at the end of the day that this black woman is gonna take you back. And at no point did you show me that you respect her, that you care about her, that you value anything that she has going on. And at the end of the day, I don't know what she has going on. I don't know why she likes you. The thing is, like, I don't get anything. And it, to me, it's like, if we're going to keep progressing in these movies and keep trying to help black people look better in film, we can't just focus on one sex, yo. This shit is crazy. At the end of the day, it's like, look, at the end of the day, like, I don't know if people believe what they believe, but it's like, people support each other, right? Like, to me, it's like, if if you're married to someone, like, as a man, you support that woman, that woman supports you. If you're dating somebody, vice versa. It's like, that's what we do. But in these movies, like, every time something happens, it's like, oh, the black woman has to get raped. For the black man to like step up to the plate, you know, mm-hmm. like the black woman has to leave him for him to step up to the plate. Like something has to bad happen. To like she never has an urgency. 
she never gets a point to have a well-rounded character and i just don't understand why this is so fucking hard to do i don't get it you see fences i thought fences was great because you tell you what because fences well you know what hold fences i have a problem with fences too because at the end of the day viola davis had more urgency than denzel had more scenes than denzel and she got nominated for a fucking best supporting actress because again you shortchange a black woman <laughs> for no fucking but reason it's, it's a similar relationship though right. i mean bleak and indigo are similar to i can't remember their characters names but viola and denzel and fences right. i mean the better written movies but, but, i mean it's august wilson but, right but yeah but so it's fully explained out but that guy has like she's taking care of his kid that you know? but, she, yeah. but again, she, she tells you speech. why. And yeah, she tells yeah. you why. And she tells you that he ain't shit. And no matter what, I won't love you. Which to me is like, if this woman, and if Indigo is like, you know what? I understand you're broken. You're going to have to earn this. Cool. Give her that speech. But even when I think about that movie, let's talk about black women in real life. You shortchanged Viola Davis. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. And I'm a person who, again, has defended La La Land today on this podcast. <laughs> you're telling me that you don't believe Viola Davis, who is giving you acting in yeah. every scene of that movie, can't beat Emma Stone? And what? You're telling me that you don't value this woman's performance enough that you don't think she can even be nominated for Best Actress? And that shit is fucking disrespectful. Right. Because Viola Davis is a goddamn treasure. And I'm looking at this movie. The end move, the end scene, she's giving you tears and power and be like, you know, fuck it. Go in that house. Go do this. Like, and she's best supported. She got more screen time by minutes. By minutes than Denzel Washington. Is that right? By oh, minutes. Yeah. Because she's it's, in the opening movie, scene man. and she's in the last yeah, exactly. scene. Denzel dead. More minutes, and she's nominated for Spoiler Best Supporting. We already reviewed it. No, it's been I, mean, I, I tell you, man, if you could draw a through line from, like, Mo Better. I mean, I may be stretching here, but it's interesting because right. I haven't thought about it. But you know, th- that, that relationship gets explored in a much more sophisticated way. Right. Though it, Fences it, is a play that's before before Mo Better Blues. I, I mean, think. my thing is, like, you know, like Hollywood got to be better. We got to be better. Like, I'm a try because I, I know I ain't shit. Like, my friends tell me all the time. Like, Gerard, you ain't shit. I am I mean, trying. You did also explain I am that. Tri- I, am trying. Se- <laughs> I am trying. I am trying. I hear Adele's character is going I am trying. You personally. I am trying my goddamn hardest. So don't think I'm just preaching to people, but I'm just like, for Preach, fuck's sake. Like, these though. movies are crazy. Like, we keep watching these movies, and I'm like, right. these well, movies we are need more. We need more women behind more the camera. Women. Yeah, that's my, what's happening now on any level. Right? Can we refer you, to one, at you least? Need, you need... You need women behind the camera. You need women screenwriters because Ava, Ava to the rescue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, we Ava. need we need a fleet of Avas. Yeah, we need yeah, a fleet. Yeah. I need D I, Reese. Give me all of them. But the thing Shit. is, also though, Go also ahead. men men need to just write a character. No, you're right. Absolutely. So one, you know what I mean. But God, well, wait. Well, also though, I'm sorry, but you guys. So like, while I was watching it, because everyone we all watched Mo Better Blues, right? We Everybody just reviewed it, it, so yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. So there's so like it's a great movie about like there's a guy who's playing it, he plays a trumpet and he like loves the trumpet. And we he, just like, re- yeah, it and he, t- he takes really good care of the trumpet, right? And then yeah. and then he has to he's like stuck between like oh which woman is he gonna pick, right? No, nope. well he yeah. didn't do that, but I did y'all did y'all notice though that Dion Richmond plays a little boy in the beginning of the movie? And at the end of the movie, and I was like, "Hold up!" Which I thought was that a, little boy that didn't age. That little boy I has a superpower. He's one of the he ki- he's one of the members of the Hancock Suicide Squad. <laughs> Wait, power- where's the Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, so this is the Hancock Suicide Squad because because it's because his name is Tyrone. I think was the character's name. But that's it. So he's a kid in both parts, but he's only credited as Tyrone. So it must have been the same kid. 
It must have been. This is like Cloverfield. How I got it? I had to look online Wait, to see that he played the same. That he played the same. I had to like hey, look online. Hey, hey James, because okay. hey, it James. has like that gorilla, gorilla hey, marketing of like I had to look, I, and then I can connect it to. What is he doing? I can. Huh? What? I, I'm confused. Hey, but you know what though? I I I tried, James. I was trying to rock with you. I have no. What about Cloverfield? Like, what happened? Yeah, because like, you know how Cloverfield, like, they have, like, companion marketing campaigns where you got to look online first to hey John, know what's happening in the movie. Hey, John, can we so, like, this, because so, cause I looked at this, this and it was ended. like, someone, he play he plays Tyrone, but that's <laughs> it. He doesn't okay. play. Can we, he doesn't all play, right, you're repeating yourself. He doesn't play two characters. He plays He plays okay. one character. Hey, hey, James, all right. hey James, hey, James. He got to, he has James, a super. we let that go for a long time. James. Thank you. Huh? We let that, we let that, that go on for <laughs> Was that too long? That, that went on for way right, too long, James. James. Okay, you, all right. I'm okay. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. It was very passionate. All right. It is time for the cause. We rate and review films not I based don't know on what I'm about, yeah. Well, the thing is we do, we we do it not based on how much we like the movie or even how well we thought it was made, you know, merit-wise. We we do it based on does it help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood? So if we think it helped the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood, we give it a black fist. Damn it. You know, if we think it, it kind of helped the cause, we give it a white palm. And if we think it fully helped the cause, or sorry, we didn't help the cause at all, we, we, don't, we just don't raise up anything. We don't give it anything. Okay, so based on that criteria. We need to change our criteria. No, 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 no. That's the criteria. We need to change this. No, that's the podcast. <laughs> it's focused. It's more focused. It's more focused. Less, um, all right. Like, I don't like this that's criteria. What our, that's what our podcast is about. Never going to change. This. I hate this. Black Panther. All right. Stay on now, message. Stay on message. Don't you bring Black Panther up. <laughs> don't you? So on the count of three, we're going to, on the count of three, we're going to give it our rating. Okay. You guys ready? You ready? No. Okay. We're going to raise it up on the count of three. Here we go. One. Okay. Two. All right, we got we got three black fists in the studio. Damn it, <laughs> James, what you got? Black fists over here in LA. Yeah, baby. it's four black fists. So uh, uh, it's four black fists. You know, it's like you got them four black fists. It, <laughs> you got this. Is a historical Come on, go context. ahead. Historical I'll go context. Go ahead, Jerry. I'll go first. I gave it a black fist. Give a whole speech because we got Denzel Washington. <laughs> we got the combination of Denzel and Spike. We got. He got game and we got Malcolm X. And Malcolm X to me is one of the most powerful movie stars a black man ever made. And like, we got it because of this movie. If it wasn't for this movie, that partnership wouldn't have began. And that, Denzel is like one of the greatest <laughs> thespians of all time, period. No matter what race, no matter what gender, like he is literally going to be one of the greats. His nomination record is like, what well, I think he's at seven or eight right now, which is crazy. Uh, Spike, honestly, Look, man, I know I give Spike a lot of grief, but Spike has done a lot for African Americans, bro. Definitely. Like Spike continues to. He continues. He continues to, man. Like Spike does these small movies. Like Spike, I mean, how Spike made his first movie is one of the most admirable things of all time. Like getting all those credit cards, Max and like he did a lot. And then he has Do the Right Thing, which is in the National Film Reserve. So like my man is <laughs> my man has done great things. Uh and Wesley, Blade. I mean, West, Wesley, Wesley made black dark skinned brothers. Yeah. Cool. Like he made dark skinned brothers cool, man. So I respect that, man. We got Gus in it. The thing is, I I'm not gonna pretend like I like this movie. I'm not. Spike Lee has done better movies. And you know what? John said it best when he set this up, is that you know what? We can have movies like this. Right. You know what I'm saying? He tried, didn't work out. We can have these movies because white people get them all the time. Uh 
I, 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 was, I was bored throughout this whole movie. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, let me yeah. say something nice. Let me say my last nice thing. Let me say my last <laughs> nice thing. Let me say my last nice thing about it. Let me say my last nice thing about it. And I, 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 I do appreciate trying to show an aspect of black culture that we don't see all the time, which is this jazz era. And honestly, seeing this movie, I kind of, I said this with Meteor Man. It's like, man, if I get the chance to remake a movie or do something else, like I, I would like to do a movie about art um, and have a black person be the lead. It may have been more interesting to have maybe this movie be about Clark, to be honest, like a singer who's a woman back in what is this the 60s 70s like yeah. like who isn't I want to make the, my mother was that my mother was that woman cuz I mean find somebody that like think about it, like he he legit Denzel character disrespects her the whole time when she brings up her art and why she wants to do it and we hear her sing we're like oh she's actually talented and to me it's like oh what is that struggle like to me that struggle is more interesting than what Denzel's is cuz like again when I think about I do dog movies a lot when I think about hidden figures the reason I hated hidden figures is <laughs> because you had these black women who one were women and were scientists and like that struggle alone being women and being black and being scientists that struggle alone is enough to have to stay in the movie which we didn't get and to me it's like oh man maybe we could have a movie where we see like a black woman have to struggle to like support technically like so they like, say just, they were two a couple right they both were in music she started to blow and then he was stagnant you know like what is that like you know show my me parents that. relationship my dad was an agent at William Morris agency he was the black First black music agent in the business. Oh. Booked all the Motown acts, booked uh, Burst Invasion Band, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh. Right? He wow. met my mother, and he's dark skinned. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he met my mother, light skinned, like 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 Clark, mm-hmm. who was singing the nightclubs mm-hmm. and was signed to Mercury Records and sang at Carnegie Hall and was sort of on the rise. And he went to go see her to maybe represent her. And instead, he basically convince her to quit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so he and, and wow. more, I'm oversimplifying. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was threatened, you know, by that thing, by you know, right. the, the idea that she could ascend and he might not ascend and that oh, was, that was too much for his brain to handle. Yeah, to know? me like that's, that's a fascinating a story. And I'm not trying to rewrite the movie cuz it is what it is, but it's like to me is I think this would be a cool movie to like or this type of movie to be like readdressed now. Definitely. You know. So yeah, man, they got a fist. Yeah, man. I mean, real quick, I just gotta give a black fist because uh, everything you just said and Denzel and uh, Wesley Snipes and I, I mean, uh, I will say the I don't know if the women benefited as much as the men did from this film, and nope. I think we talked about why. Um, and I, I don't, and I don't think this was Spike Lee's best film, but um, it's still like included a chapter of black cinema that I think is necessary. It, even though I wasn't like thrilled about the movie. So yeah, definitely still gonna have a black fist, you know? Yeah. James. James. Yeah, I mean, the same thing everybody has said so far. Um, like Spike Lee, it's like you can't how can you not give a black fist to a Spike Lee movie? It's like you have you have to. There's no other I mean it's a required like you have he is the man. Um, I, I almost, I was like, I was wary because of the stuff that we've been talking about with women. And then also like, because Spike plays such a large role, but also maybe for a long time, he was like, this is it. I'm going to be acting and directing all my movies. And, and then I guess just sort of realized like maybe he didn't, acting wasn't his forte as much. And so stepped down from that lane. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to like, like, I don't know what to say about his particular role as an actor in the movie. Um, but like, and then also there's just so many people in, in here. Like I mentioned Dion Richmond before, but like he, 
was already acting at the time, but like he's, you know, he went on to do so much more stuff after this and, um, and, you know, and Cinder Williams. So, so Blackfist. Rafe? I, yeah, I, I, it's all the same things, man. I think he, he is he is critical to our story, to our journey, and 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 so many things we love and appreciate. I mean, the Black Panther, in some respects, wouldn't exist without True. Spike Lee. I mean, I agree. He, he he's just a you know an integral part of of of, of the road to progress and moving us forward. And, yeah. he, and he's still mm-hmm. doing it. I also think there, aside from and he has an eye for talent. I mean, he's he's discovered so many amazing actors exactly. and given actors their break, including you know Den- he discovered Denzel, but he saw. Yeah. He made yeah. him a leading man for the first time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, no one's going to make Denzel a leading man because yeah. that was the thing, right? Oh, you're a great supporting actor. Keep right. you know, the black actors are supporting actors, and you know exactly. he, he made him a leading man. Uh, and the other part is, I think he showed the, the the movie like a lot of his movies are love letters to New York. I mean, yeah. you know, he yeah. like Woody Allen, especially and he, Brooklyn. Yeah, and, and he, he 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 was the first one to show a different side of New York. Right, New York was either like black exploitation films up in Harlem or is Woody Allen, you know, white privilege. Yeah, and and, and Spike showed this other side. Uh, of New York, or, or Scorsese's Italian yeah. you know, version mm-hmm. of New York, and he was the first one to show, you know, a, a black New York uh, as it right. yeah, as it was. Right. Um, or, that or, wasn't just like a gang. Yeah, yeah. and and that and and, and and it was shot through that lens. So yeah. we saw like the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, through a different lens. We saw Fort Greene. <laughs> we saw Bed Stuy. Sure. I mean, these places that no one even knew existed in New York before, because yeah. New York was just about the Upper West Side and Lincoln Center and. All these sort of beautiful right. cultured landmarks, you know, quote unquote cultured. So yeah, I think true. that's pretty hip too, and, and, he, so and he continues to do that. So yeah, man, I'm, I, I agree with James, man. You gotta give a black fist to Spike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, time. honestly, he changed everything for black people. I think. Yeah, young black. Yeah, Sean, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, on. fun times, man. Yeah, hey, man. Thanks for the conversation. Uh, uh, once again, your album people can find on iTunes, Spotify. Title, yeah, title. <laughs> Bring it all back. Yeah, where can people Reverend follow Sean you? And stuff? Amos breaks it down. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, on all the social at uh, the Rev Amos. The Rev Amos. Uh, the Rev yeah. Amos is where I can be found. Great. And uh, yeah, all right. I think we'll we'll probably do plugs after, or do should we do plugs now? Yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, at Blackman Podcast, Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Oh, and of course, please come out. Uh, this will drop before then. We're gonna be at uh, we're gonna be in Austin, yeah. Saturday, August tenth, uh, seven p.m. Oh, so so why March. Did I say Mo- yeah, August. why do you say August? Yeah, wait, March. Damn. March tenth. Good March 10th. God. Producer Nick was like, "Wait, why did I say August? Not August." I don't know. <laughs> Saturday, March 10th, 7 p.m. Yeah, man, you'll come out. You'll see the whole Headgun fam. You'll see uh, We Hate Movies. You'll see Twinovation. You'll see Jake and Amir. Uh, you'll see producer Nick with his yeah. long hair and beard. That's right, baby. Go to headgum.com to buy some tickets. Uh, you can follow me at John Braylock, J-O-N-B-R-A-Y-L-O-C-K, Twitter and Instagram, uh, James. You can follow me at James Third Comedy, uh, James Third Comedy. Dot com. Third is 3RD. Okay. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, man, at Jerome Mellicat. That's funny. All right. And if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five <laughs> stars. We'll read your review on the air dot uh, com I do like that James I do, that. <laughs> I do that. it makes me laugh uh, real quick here we go we got some short ones this is good alright this review is by In the Bleachers just great show support <laughs> you know what I respect how short Honestly, that is I good love job. it that's good great job. Uh, this one is by Hal and Holler <laughs> so excellent an invaluable podcast and a must listen 
Respect. See, I like it. Again, short and sweet. And then this last one is Yasmin310 or 310, Yasmin. I love that name, Yasmin. Love it. I just came upon this podcast on iTunes Black Voices sections. Uh, and I am glad I listened. Great job, guys. Oh, that's nice. What? iTunes go. got a black voices section? Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, for Black that? History Month. Oh, yeah. oh, for Black History Month? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do that for um, March, too. All right. All right. And uh, I don't know where we're. Oh, oh no. Next week, we're. Yeah, we're I think doing, it's Wrinkling. We're doing Wrinkling Time, right? Wrinkling Time. Wait, no, that comes out March 9th. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, Wrinkling Time, baby. Yeah. Wait. And also, that might be a special episode, right? That might be a special. That might episode. be a special episode. So well, I don't think we'll tell you what's gonna happen. Yeah, you should be surprised, but you should definitely tell your friends. Yeah, that's gonna be a very interesting episode. Everybody, go see Wrinkle of Time. Ava DuVernay. Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> Mindy Kaling. Uh, all right, we Peace. will see you next week. Peace. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>